Oh, by the way, I'm getting a lot of this from calmtobean.com. I was uh, hoping that you would. I was just looking at calmtobean.com. I was like, <laughs> I love a good author's name.com. Me too. club members ash here i just wanted to give you guys a heads up that if you want to skip our nonsense this episode you're going to want to go to 41 minutes and 45 seconds into the episode that will also be in the show notes below if you arrived at our podcast today strictly to hear about the author in the book you're going to want to use the skip code otherwise keep listening and enjoy the nonsense hello everybody and welcome back to your favorite book club podcast that pretentious book club Hello! We're so glad you're here. This is weird because I feel like I'm talking to myself and I'm not because I hear Kendall's voice, but we're being vintage today and we're doing like a phone call type recording because uh, Spoons' camera is not working. That over there is Spoons, Dr. Spoons Palermo, if you will, uh, aka Kendall Shaw. Yeah. So that's doctor. Doctor Thank to you, you Thank all you. and to me. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, uh, please respect my title. Please respect the title. And over there is Ash O'Rourke. But you can call her Wheezy. It ain't easy being Wheezy. Do you want to tell me about your week? I got to hear some of it yesterday. That's true. The listeners didn't. And we all are interested in Dr. Spoon's Palermo in her life. I know everybody just waits all week to hear what I've done with my week. Because everyone's world revolves around me. Um, so. Well, I also need you to make up for the fact that on our sister podcast, The Scripturian Society, whenever I ask my co-host over there, Carissa Harlow, um, and whenever I ask her what she's done for her week, it's usually the same. So, like, I kind of rely on you, and I also stay home all the time. So I kind of rely on you to give me, like, to make up for all three of us, <laughs> for all, all three of our social lives. <laughs> well, uh, it's no pressure or anything, but uh, let me see. Yeah, no pressure, <laughs> but uh, I am I am living vicariously through you, and I think Carissa is too. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Oh, um, Haley and I went to the bookstore this week at some point, and after we went roller skating, and that was fun. And I bought this book for Emily as a present long that long ago and I had started reading it before I gave it to her and I was like Mm -hmm. oh my god this sounds so good this is really good so far but it's Small Favors by Aaron A. Craig (gasps) who wrote House of Salt and Sorrows this is the Rumpelstiltskin retelling and so I had already read like 50 pages of it maybe and so now I have my own copy and I'm really excited because I already like it I mean Aaron is so good she is she she really knows what she's doing that's so exciting that's been on my list there are so many books that are on my like list of like my fun tbr like not for the pod but i can't like quite justify spending right. money on them yet but that's one of them and then the rest of the books in the illuminae series <laughs> those are those oh, are like yeah. my top ones right now that are on my list to buy that i can't yet well that's that's part of the problem is that we read so many good books that then a lot of them are have sequels that i'm like i have yes. to read this but i don't have time exactly exactly <laughs> it's so frustrating for oh here's something I had my first official day of school of my last semester. This was my last first day of school ah, ever. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Oh. And I didn't take a picture of my outfit. Oh, I you were should cute, have. I bet. I bet you were adorable. No, I wasn't. But, you know, it's tradition <laughs> to, like, take a picture. What happened on Wednesday, I don't remember if I told you this or not on our call, but perhaps the listeners would find this amusing. I, <laughs> a robot. I went to... Um, my class and every single class that I've had in grad school so far 
has been in this one building, which is like the administration building slash the iSchool building, which is like where I what I do. So I didn't even think twice about what building to go to. I was just looking at the room number. And so I got to the building. I went to that room number and I am like one minute away from being late, which is very on brand for me. So I was like rushing and I like basically threw the door open and was fully expecting to like have to sneak in the back. But there was nobody oh in God. there. And I was like, hello. Uh, and th- But there was actually this one old man in there. And I thought he was the professor, like, pretty much the whole time I talked to him. Oh, my actually. God. And he was like, he was like, are you here for digital libraries? And I was like, yeah, that's a class mm-hmm. I was taking. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I've been waiting for everybody because I was going to clear this stuff out um, because I'm just setting this stuff up. But I was going to move it whenever everyone came in but nobody's coming in everyone's like fashionably late and I was like yeah that is weird and I was like okay this is super weird maybe everyone was stuck in traffic I don't know (laughs) um and so then we're just kind of sitting there together for like a good five minutes and then like kind of musing about how it's weird that everyone's late (laughs) I mean he was nice but I was like "Uh, okay and I'm starting to think, okay, I'm the one who's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Surely not everybody else is wrong. Um, and then we pull up the like um, information about the class, and he's and we're looking at the room number and everything, and it's the right room number. But then he goes, wait, what's SRH? And I'm like, SRH? And I look it up, and it is a completely different building oh on campus gosh. that is at the opposite end of campus of the university of texas which is big (laughs) so i was like oh my god and then he goes looks like you're gonna be fashionable (laughs) (laughs) and i was like oh lord help me like of course this is exactly what i need and it's very frustrating because i realized that this building that i'm supposed to be at is right next door to the building where i do my internship so i could have just gone there like normal parked in my same spot oh my god and just walked up. But no, instead I went to the other building. And so now I'm like, oh my God, because it's going to take me forever to get over there. So I'm like, okay. So I just get back in my car and drive over there. Miss the exit, of course. At the By the time I get to, like by the time I park and walk up, which takes a good 10 minutes to get to the building after you park. Maybe not 10, but like at least five. Uh, I am 40 no. minutes late to this class. Oh, no. <laughs> and so I was like, is it even worth it? Like, should I just pretend like I'm sick or I'm adding it late or something? Like, I was going to be so yeah. embarrassed, you know, walking into this class 40 oh minutes late. Like, 15 minutes is one thing. You can easily be like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's the first yeah. day, you know, whatever. 40 minutes is it quite is. a lot. And so I was like, this is extremely embarrassing. So anyway, but I'm like, well, I'm already here. First of all, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's this building, but the building that I think it is, is basically a library and archive Latin American uh, artifacts. So I'm like, okay, what? How is there a classroom in here? Like, I'm so confused. And so I'm just like walking around, like kind of outside and then in the like lobby of this building, like wondering where I'm supposed to be going. And I see that there's a big group of people outside, like by this tree. It's very pretty right there because it's right next to the LBJ library and everything. So, you know, uh-huh. lots of visitors. It's very yeah, nice. Yeah, it is pretty. But, um, so I'm like, oh, God, I wish I was them because they're all laughing and having fun. And oh, my God. Were they your class? Yes. Basically, I they started coming in the building and I was like, 
I recognized somebody that I knew. And so I was like, wait, these people are my age. And then I stopped this one girl and I was like, what, what class are you in? What class is this? And she was like, oh, this is digital libraries. And I was like, what? That's my class. And I was like, I went to the completely wrong building. I'm so late. And she was like, oh, yeah, everyone was late. We uh, we were just hanging out outside. The professor brought donuts and stuff. And I'm like, you've just been waiting. You've just been hanging out outside for 40 minutes. And like, now you're going to go start the class. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. So I basically <gasps> just filed right in with the class and sat down like I'd been there the whole time. Oh, my it God. was Providence, I'm telling you now. What that are the is, odds? What are the odds? That's crazy. Oh my god. I was, was just thinking what crazy. like a really fine first like last first day of school for you. <laughs> like the universe conspired. But no, the universe was like a gift to you, my dear. <laughs> I know. Basically what? the only thing I missed out on was getting like a donut. But Ugh. you know, maybe that was a good thing. So anyway, everything worked out and I was like, this is amazing. So that That's was insane. You really took me on a roller coaster with that story. I was like, oh, no, she's going to be late. I was like, she's going to be 40 minutes late. I was like, hang on. She has the balls to walk in there 40 minutes late because I don't know if I would. No, and you're like, no, did. it worked out amazingly well. Oh, that's fantastic. I like how they tripped you up, though, and your last semester, they were like, now we're going to use a brand new building that we've never used before. Like, seriously, what? And I realized the only reason we're using that building is because the professor works there, like, at the archive. So oh god, we basically are using the conference room in that building. But it actually works out great for me because after that, I can just walk right over. It's like two minutes to my internship. So it actually really works out for me. This is just Providence left and right. This is excellent. I know. I felt so excited about that. I couldn't believe it. That's amazing. I'm just so impressed. <laughs> Thank you. That's my, uh, that's my story for this week. That is really a triumph. That is good. Man, I don't miss school and all the stress of trying to find your classroom and all that. But Ugh, it's the worst. Mm -mm. Lots of school is the worst. I'm very excited to be done soon. Oh, yeah, I bet. I still, I was just saying yesterday to you, I was like, I don't know how you do like a job and an internship and you're trying to get your, your graduate, you're almost done and you do the pods and you also read and watch so many movies and have a social life. I genuinely <laughs> I do, do not know how you movies. do those things. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how you do it, man. I don't have like half of those things and I'm still like, I don't have time to watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just like it. <laughs> I have to I, do something. <laughs> see, I am proud sad. of myself. I had like half an hour between finishing eating dinner and then um, recording. And so I sat on the bed and I was like, you know what? Miss Congeniality is on Netflix now. I think I'm going to watch a movie. And so I started the movie and I'm going to finish it later tonight. But I like never just like start watching a movie by myself. And I did. And I'm enjoying it because it's a really good movie. Wait, sorry, which movie? You cut out. Miss Congeniality. Oh my god, I literally just watched that the other day. It's on Netflix now, you guys. If you didn't know, you're welcome. It is. And it's just it so good. Delightful film. It makes me love women so much. I mean, I already Same. love women, but Same. every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, I love women. <laughs> I know. Same. And I had the same feeling with Ocean's 8, which is just to say, and The Proposal, which is really just to say Sandy Bullock movies are movies for some reason that I'll, I could just watch over and over again. And I, I would never be like, oh, they're my favorite movies. But if, if anyone was ever like, you have to pick like three movies that you have to re-watch for the rest of your life, I would have to pick Sandy Bullock movies. I don't oh. know why. 
I completely agree. I mean, I love everything she's in. Well, yeah, after we watched Miss Congeniality, we watched Speed right after that. I was <laughs> say. Of course you did. I love her did. so much. She is You were so like, Sandra cute. Bullock's good, but you know what's even better? Sandra Bullock plus Keanu Reeves. Okay, it's true. I won't deny it. They are both <laughs> so cute. They should they be are. in more movies together. I mean, only two for that amount of chemistry. Get real. Yeah, seriously. I was just thinking about this. Oh, I was. I wanted to tell all of you. We discussed this earlier. Here's basically my week is uh, nothing that interesting happened. So I'm just going to move on to last night. Kendall and I both had some interesting dreams. Um, I'll go first with mine <laughs> because <laughs> it was really good. Um, if you've been here for any period of time, you know that we have... Uh, a bit of a history with cousin lovers. Not God, personally, but ever. as readers, for some reason, we keep picking up books and the authors are like, you know what's really romantic? Cousin lovers. And we're like, oh, please don't do it to us. And these authors keep doing this to us, cousin lovers. And so I, I don't know if that's just been in my head lately or what, but last night I had a dream. And in this dream, these two first cousins fell in love and I was just kind of like this bystander like watching the whole thing like mentally eating popcorn and horrified and even in the dream I remember thinking god I can't wait to wake up because I have to tell spoons about this (laughs) (laughs) so that was I mean that was pretty much it I just thought it was so funny that like even in my dreams I'm like I can't wait to tell Kendall something funny (laughs) oh so good I'm so glad that you told me (laughs) Oh, cousin lovers. It's just, ugh, what a mess. Like, why but do they I mean, keep doing this to us? It's it's a great question, but um, perhaps even a better question for our listeners is, uh, is why don't you tell us about your dream? Because you told me, and I was like, I'm in shock. I didn't think anything could be better than the first cousin lover's dream. <laughs> okay, well, this dream was from a couple of days ago, but in this dream, uh, you know, I've been, watched, I've been in my Elvis era. And Mm -hmm. so I've been watching a lot of Elvis movies, thinking about Elvis, listening to Elvis. And I had a dream that Elvis and the Beatles co-starred in, like, a beach movie, which I think is a great idea. It sounds like an amazing idea. I mean, imagine how the girlies would have lost their minds. They they could have made a million thousand bajillion dollars if that was real. A 100%. (laughs) But at the end of this movie... Um, Elvis got crucified. <laughs> like, literally crucified. This is and, so upsetting. Like, <laughs> oh, it was so weird. I mean, I feel like it was almost like the movie was saying, like, the Beatles win and the Elvis versus Beatles <laughs> fight of the century. You were like, and then the Beatles crucified Elvis, and everything was as it should have been. It was very sad. I mean, you told me, and I was like, "This is awful," and you were like, "It was very funny in retrospect." (laughs) Oh, it totally was. Like at the time, I was like, "Oh, this is horrible," and I was so sad. And then as soon as I woke up, I could not stop laughing (laughs) because, like, what was that? Why? I love your subconscious. I love your subconscious. And then let me tell you this: the night before that, I had a dream that Elvis was my grandpa. And he was old Elvis, you know, like he never got to be old, but in my dream Uh he was old. Yeah. Which is actually nice. But he um, 
was like he's still the same old Elvis, so he was like really wild. And uh-huh. my oh my, my mom, I don't know how he was related to me though. He was my grandpa, but he didn't seem to be either my dad's dad or my mom's dad. So I have no idea. But interesting. My, <laughs> but my mom, <laughs> like he was coming over. And my mom was like, Kendall, you better keep an eye on him. And I was like, what? It's just grandpa. And she was like, he's going crazy. Okay. He is wild. He is as wild as ever. And I was like, okay. And he came over and was just like, well, hey, what's going on here? Like fully Elvis. And um, I had to like keep an eye on him because he kept trying to do crazy stuff. Like, hey, let's go do this. Let's go do this. And I was like, Grandpa, I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, my my God. I was like, you better watch him. It was funny. This is so funny to me. I ran like when you commit to an interest, (laughs) like every single part (laughs) of you, including your subconscious, commits to it. Dude, I had so many Stranger Things dreams like a couple of months ago it was now that really does sound scary night. no because they usually ended up really weird like <laughs> <laughs> i was very very focused on i need jonathan and nancy to stay together and so a lot of my dreams were like related to that wait, stupid wait. love triangle that i can't handle anymore i need to know do you still want Jonathan yes. and Nancy to say, okay. I'm a Jancy well. shipper for life. I will never I'm, quit them. I'm sorry, I but I'm quit. not. I don't know what the other what the other couple name is because I'm not really in the fandom. It's Stancy. Stancy. Oh my Stancy. god, I love that. I okay. I'm sorry, but I am Stancy, and it's because Steve. It's just because Steve is just wonderful. Like of if I were Steve in that universe, I would be so in love with him. I would choose him over Jonathan in a second. Okay, I agree with you. I love Steve so much. Just because I'm a JNC doesn't mean I dislike Steve. He's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> you sound I, like you've had this conversation before. I have because all of y'all are delusional. <laughs> y'all like to act so. like nothing happened for the last three seasons. I was going to the trenches fighting for JNC this whole time. They got together. I I'm not every- acting like nothing has happened between them. And it's not, you know, important. But it seems to me in this last season, spoilers, that uh, that they've thrown apart a bit and that they want different things. And okay. you know who's really improved himself is Steve. And okay. I just want Steve to be happy. And I think he's still in love with Nancy. And I'm also still in love with Steve because who wouldn't be? Listen, we all are still in love with Steve, like, because he was kind of a dick. And then, like, his character development is amazing. Jonathan's just kind of stayed the same. Like, he's been good since the beginning, and he's still good. Okay, well, at least you acknowledge that, because there's a lot of Jonathan haters, and I'm like, I won't stand for this. That boy has done everything good. He's just a little lost right now. But yeah, uh, he's not even bad right now. He's just a little bit lost. Yeah, like you said. Like, he's... (laughs) Jonathan has been a great person from the beginning, but I love myself, not just a bad boy, because we don't like bad boys for relationships. Um, We like them for, like, funny, sexy banter scenes. But a reformed bad boy? boy. Not at all. This is why I'm saying reformed. No, he's just kind of a dick. Steve, I think, is very influenced by the people he's around. And so, like, he was hanging around a lot of shitty people in season one. Mm -hmm. But then, as soon as he he became best friends with Dustin, he was, like, super nice. He was so good. I (laughs) know. Before that, I think Steve turned the corner, like, immediately after he had his worst moments, which were, you know, in, like, episode, like, the second last episode of season one. After that, he immediately turned the corner. I think Steve has always been great. And I love him to death. 
but I'm not giving up on Jancy. I'll never give up. I'm sorry. I'm set in my ways. I think they're in love, and I'm not giving up. And that's all well, I have to say about it. I I think that Steve is in love with Nancy, and I would rather Nancy because I think that they're actually more suited to each other. But I disagree completely. Okay, sorry. Now I'm getting <laughs> She's like, absolutely not, and I will tell you why. (laughs) I think Steve and Nancy want different things. I don't think Nancy would. Oh, absolutely. In this last season, I was getting actually a little mad at Steve because he was coming on really strong. He was like, I kind of want six children with you. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Calm down for a second. She didn't look so upset about it, though. Nancy does not want that. Nancy has always How do been you know? career driven. Of course, I'm not saying you can't she- have six kids and have a career because look she- at I'm just saying, look at what a good babysitter slash father figure Steve is. <laughs> like, you don't think he could take care of six kids on his own while his, his wife could. is off working? He, he is Steve built could be a for stay that. At home dad, he could. He could. I'm just saying. He's built to be a stay at home dad. That Nancy has always stated that she doesn't want to stay. And, like, live the suburban normal life. She kind of wants to get out there first. And I think that, I think that they, that's the all, one of the reasons why they broke up in the first place is because they were kind of headed different directions. And I think that hasn't really changed. But now that Jonathan's out of the picture, she's like, well, Steve is hot. And I mean, who can blame her? He is. He is hot. I still stand by my thing. I see your point completely, but I still stand by my thing. So... I did not expect to get into this. <laughs> She's like, I did not expect to get into a actual fight tonight. We're, I don't think we're in a fight. I think we're being no, normal. But I just, I had no idea that you were so passionate about what? What's the Jancy? Jancy, I am extremely passionate. I'm sorry to everyone, but I'm not changing my ways. I did no not know you were so says. passionate about this, and I'm going to choose to be equally passionate for what is it, Stancy? <laughs> I'm just going to choose to be at all. We are never (laughs) on the same side when it comes to ships ever. You, but for the first time ever, I think this book might be an exception that we did this episode. (laughs) Oh yeah. Except for this book. (laughs) But I, and I was thinking that all week I was thinking Kendall and I are going to agree for once, like for once we're going to agree. But other than this exception, yes, we, we almost never agree about love interests. Pretty much never. But you know what? We're still best friends. See guys, it can be done. It can can be done. You you can be friends with someone who ships your favorite character with somebody else. (laughs) Everyone's like, no, I don't think so. No, you guys are special. But yeah, I, I think for, you're right this week. It's like, I mean, if you don't agree, I think you're just objectively wrong. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. I do think, I absolutely think that. And on that note, the book that we're doing this episode is, Brooklyn by Colm Tabin. Yay! I watched the movie first years ago, and it was more intense than the usual movies that I watched, but I still remember loving it, so I got kind of excited when we did this. Uh-huh. I forget, was this one that you added, or was this a book wreck? Um, I added this, I believe. Okay. Although, I don't really know why. I think I was just must, I must have just been thinking about it. I, I must think have been what in- happened was we were we did a tree grows in Brooklyn for oh. Arbor Day, and I got them mixed up, and we were like, we should just do Brooklyn anyways. Yeah, that is what happened. You're right, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I was going to say, this is a great year for people who listen to this podcast who are into Irish people in Brooklyn. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you like Irish people? You like Brooklyn? Damn, we have got you guys covered this yeah, season. Yeah, don't even worry about it. We've got it. 
<laughs> Absolutely. I so enjoyed this book. And I'm like kind of was in, in theme, but you guys, we don't have our video this episode, so you're not going to see it. But I was, I'm wearing my like Irish knit sweater and it's beautiful. So I'm like kind of in theme. Oh, I'm also beautiful. drinking out of uh, my what happens at the book club stays at the book club wine glass. Oh, cute. Yes. To which Spoons has a matching one. I do, but I'm not drinking from it, unfortunately. That's okay. But I wish That's I was. Okay. And Spoons, you're wearing something in theme too. I am. I'm wearing my Newsies t-shirt. Which, as we all know, features lots of Irish people in Brooklyn. There's a whole song <laughs> called Brooklyn's Here. So I'm Absolutely. sort of theme. That's but, a good uh, one, too. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's so where good. your nickname came from. And the inspiration for me to have a nickname <laughs> like the one I it's have. It's true, you guys. That's how we got Spoons and Wheezy. It's yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> nickname thing. Spoons Palermo and Wheezy are probably both from Brooklyn. Let's just be honest. Oh, they probably they are. totally are. I bet Spoons and Wheezy are, like, selling partners and they just, like, go around Brooklyn, like, hanging out and selling papes all day. Ugh. Absolutely. I, I love that for us. I love that for us, too. God, that's adorable. Oh, my God. And then we, like, where our characters, like, fall in love in the future and it's adorable. And we're like, take that, Brooklyn. We're lesbians in the 40s or 50s. or I, I oh don't my. remember when that happened. Well, this would be 1899. So that would be very exciting. Ooh, oh, it's way earlier than I thought it was. <laughs> I'm lesbian paper boy. Well, paper girls dis- disguised as paper boys who are selling. This is what I'm saying is this really sounds like a good concept for Wait, a book. shut up. This would be the best book ever. <laughs> I know. And their names are Spoons and Wheezy. Oh, my God. OK, somebody write this. OK, and then Guys, send it do to it, us. do it, do it, do it. <laughs> be adorable. That's so cute. I love it. I know. Ugh. Anyways, that to say, we really like Brooklyn. <laughs> Yeah, we do. I like Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. My brother lived in Brooklyn for a couple of months, and I went and visited him. So I have—I did not know that stayed in Brooklyn. Yeah, he was like right by Prospect Park. Wow, it was really nice. We. Uh, I should clarify when I say I like Brooklyn. I mean I like all of the people, characters, and books that have come out of Brooklyn. But I've never <laughs> been to Brooklyn. <laughs> I also like, really like the accents. I have oh, never been too. to Brooklyn. I'm not a city person. No. If I had to live in like a really urban city, I'd like to give Brooklyn a try. Ooh. And that's, you know, that's the best I can say for any kind of city. I mean, it's really the nicest thing I can say about a city. <laughs> that is actually very generous of you, I think. Thank you. Um, Would yeah, I like I mean, it? Still probably not. But, <laughs> but you know, it's not too bad. I mean, based on my limited experience there, it seems yeah, all right. I just love so much of the stuff that comes out of Brooklyn that I think there's got to be something about Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. You know, there's a there's an energy, there's a vibe. Love it. Oh my god, should I name my daughter Brooklyn? Ooh, I love that. <laughs> this is me every single episode being like, oh my god, should I name my child this random name or word? I think I'm gonna. <laughs> Brooklyn Escalus O'Rourke. <laughs> Ooh, no, Brooklyn Escalus Dragon Slayer O'Rourke. Of course, of course. I'm so sorry. Of course. Algernon. Ooh, I forgot that one. Algernon, yeah. Brooklyn Aeschylus Algernon Dragon Slayer O'Rourke. That kid is going to go so far in life. Oh my god. I mean, or she's at least to be Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's going to change her name and then move to Brooklyn. I'm just going to say this right now. If anyone ever ran for president and their middle name was Dragon Slayer, I'm voting for them. I don't even care. This is what I'm saying. My mom was like, you don't want to do that to your kid. And I'm like, what? Set them up for success? Forever? <laughs> I agree God. with you completely. 
I'm so glad. So does Javi, which is really all that matters is that my wife who and my husband agree with me. <laughs> so I'm not concerned. <laughs> I got um, approval from the only two people I needed it from. <laughs> good, good, good. By the way, I just realized in Dairy Girls, the uncle who is like super <gasps> boring. boring, his name is Calm. <laughs> That's right. It is. Oh, my God. Oh. Wait, is the, is the last season on Netflix of Dairy Girls yet? Uh, Do you I, know? I don't know if it's on Netflix yet. Okay. I was just wondering, because I've been thinking about it, like, every day for three days straight. And I'm yes. like, I don't think it is. I don't think it's on Netflix yet. I don't think so either. But Kira Cass on Twitter just, like, asked for TV recommendations because she's, like, signing books or something. And I oh, guess she needs yeah. something to watch while she's signing books. And, like, God, <laughs> she's living the dream. I love her so much. She really is. But I, I suggested Dairy Girls. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank God. I feel like she would really like it. Also, side note, Kira Cass just, like, released the book jacket for her new book. And the the front, I was like, oh, another girl in a pretty dress. Very Kira Cass. Like, not surprising. Yes. And then I, like, I read the back. And I was like, oh, my God. Wait. <laughs> I know. So good. Listen, I will read anything Kira puts out. And I remember when she first started writing this because she was supposed to be writing something else, but she kept writing this instead and she kept like tagging it like hashtag the book I'm not writing or something. (laughs) She's so cute. Anyway, I am really excited. Oh my God, me too. For like the first time ever, the boy is on the back. Did you see that? Yes, I, I saw. So I saw excited. the thing about like the sound of a thousand heartbeats. Oh my god, mm-hmm. you guys go just literally if you've never been to Kira Cass's uh, Instagram, I believe it's called Party Like a Word Star. Yes. I think that's what it is. <laughs> it is. And her Instagram is actually just really fun to follow. It's very pure. It's very like all bookish stuff and just like her life. And then, like, whenever she does books, she's just such a real person. It's the sweetest, cutest thing. I yeah, love her she's Instagram. she's so cute. She went to, like, a K-pop concert the other day. Oh, my <laughs> God. so excited Kira. for her. I, I love her so much. She's so funny. She used to be super into One Direction. <laughs> that is hysterical. I feel like I if we could, like, interview one author on this podcast, I know people would be like, you should interview, like, J.K. Rowling or someone huge. And I'm like, what if we interview Kira Gass? Because she seems like the most fun. Of any author I that we've read. Like, as a person. Absolutely. I know. Like, I want to talk to her forever. She, I know. She's just the greatest. And she's been so nice both times I've met her. <laughs> but no. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> There's that's no so sweet. Earthly way she remembers that because it was in a long line of people. But I that remember is hysterical. it. hysterical. But you still, you've met her. And I still haven't. So I know her. I know her less than you do. <laughs> If Kira ever comes here for a book tour, we're going together, okay? And we're going to take a picture. <gasps> oh, my God. We can be like, Kira, we talk about you all the time on our podcast. And she's going to be like, that's nice. Yes. <laughs> she probably would. Yeah, she'd be like, oh, cool. Okay, move along. She'll be like, you're the, you're the 30th person today to tell me that. Because everyone has a podcast now. Have you noticed that? We got into the podcast <laughs> game, like, right yeah. before everybody was like, what if we all have podcasts? And I was like, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Everyone has a podcast. But you know what? Thanks, guys, listening to this podcast for listening to our podcast. You guys are We're the the OG comedy book club podcast. I mean, there are others, but I think that we are... I feel like what we do, we are the only ones... At least we were the first ones who do exactly what we do. (laughs) To do exactly this, yeah. (laughs) They're like, you mean talk (laughs) about nonsense for 40 minutes? Yes, that's that's actually exactly what I mean, yeah. (laughs) There was, oh my gosh, shout out to Tina, who is a, an, an English teacher from Germany, 
who sent us a lovely message this week on Instagram. It's just crazy to me that somebody from Germany uh, listens I didn't to our it. podcast. I, I responded to her, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, shout out to Tina. Hi, Tina. I just can't believe that people from other countries like actually listen, listen to us. To no, it shit. blows my mind. The fact we had like a very like dignified French listener messages. I was like, what are you doing oh, listening true. to us? Yeah. I'm like, wait, you're French? You mean like the classiest of the class? Like, we're just like ugly, <laughs> vulgar Americans over here. Literally. Like, I'm so uh, honored. <laughs> I know. I'm Maybe, honored when anyone you know? listens to the pod. Thank you guys all. We feel so honored. We don't deserve you. Seriously, you guys are the sweetest. and You so guys are smart so sweet. And yeah. have great taste. So anyway. R- you, you know, guys- really, they do. <laughs> You guys probably want to hear about Calm Toybean. Yeah, so, so we'll talk okay. about Calm Toybean. Okay, so Calm was born in Enniscorthy, County Wexford, which is in Ireland, on mm-hmm. May 30th, 1955, uh, which makes him a Gemini. He's a Gemini. Gemini! Because uh, my mom's May 30th first. Um, Aww. He went to University College Dublin. And then he they all? moved to Barcelona. Oh, by the way, I'm getting Ooh. a lot of this from calmtobean.com. I was uh, hoping that you would. I was just looking at calmtobean.com. I was like, <laughs> I love a good author's name.com. Me too. Um, so, yeah, in Barcelona, Barcelona, excuse me. He- <laughs> <laughs> you ha- if you don't say it that way, you're incorrect. True, true, true. Some uh, any Spanish listener is like, yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. Barcelona. Um, yes, he, that's right. <laughs> just kidding. Love you guys. I sound like Daffy Duck. <laughs> okay, so do you guys. It's adorable. Don't oh worry, it's God. cute. <laughs> Wait, speaking of accents, though, I was listening to the Brooklyn podcast, uh, <laughs> broadcast, Brooklyn <laughs> audiobook a lot, and so I uh-huh. and this happens to me after I listen to da- watch Dairy Girls too, but that's a different. Oh accent. my god! But I have just been like swimming in an Irish accent lately. So while I was oh. like making my little salad for <laughs> dinner today, I was like, <laughs> I don't know, talking to yourself do in an Irish accent. I was talking to the cats in an Irish accent. I was like, yes. Oh, see, now I can't even do it because I'll embarrass myself. But I think it was pretty good at the time. I believe you. I love that so much. I do the same thing. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm just living and breathing this accent. Wouldn't it be fun to be anything but American? Yes. Oh, my God. I wonder if there's anyone in the world who actually finds American accents enticing. Because I love, like, Irish accents so much. Every single time I see an American married to someone from another country, I, like, look at this person from the other country, and I'm like, (laughs) why? (laughs) Okay, me too. I'm like, wait, me and who? Like, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Wait a minute. It's like that, um, what's her name? She's, uh, God, Taylor something, maybe? Is that her name? I don't know. She's the the comedian. She's, like, 25 or something. She's got this whole bit that she does about, like, some couples are, like, chocolate-covered raisins. You're like, chocolate? Why are you with raisin? Like, you could be with, like, peanut butter or marshmallow. That's pretty <laughs> That's funny. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> yeah. If I ever got with somebody from another country, I would definitely be raisin. <laughs> this is the thing. I used to think about that all the time. I'd be like, I just want to marry an Irish man. And then I'd be uh, like, mm. and every single per- every single woman I meet would be like, just wishing that they were married to him instead of me and like why did he pick you and i would be like i don't know i don't know but i'm rolling with it but you know what you got the last name 
So that's I it. did. I played it safe and I went for an Irish American, Irish Mexican American. Irish Mexican American. You to really go with my because I'm Irish Italian American. So this book was all. <laughs> I I am. I've got Irish Mexican and Italian now. I mean the Mexican not by blood, but our ch- my, our child will have it. So yeah. I'm just all my bases are covered now. <laughs> I love this for you. You know what? That's what's great about America. <laughs> You can cover all your bases in America. That's right. You ever wanted to marry an Irish man, an Italian woman? Guess what? You can at least like a quarter of one. Yeah, and there's a little Mexican thrown in there too. (laughs) Yeah, actually, Javi is like I think Javi might be more evenly split between Mexican and Irish. um, I mean, he's Javier O'Rourke. That's pretty. Yes, he is fifty-fifty there. Yes, and his family is from Mexico and actually from like he could he could go get his uh, his Irish passport, which I think is mind blowing. But I asked my friend who is born. He's Scottish and he was born in Scotland and he I think his mom was born in Ireland or something and he's getting his Irish passport and I was like is that true could my husband really get his Irish passport and he was like yep and wow. I was like oh my god god <laughs> like, I, I really got one <laughs> right I'm like Javi you have to do this for the both of us because I don't have enough connections I get all the connections to my Italian family and none of the connections to my Irish family and I always <laughs> just like try to coincidentally forget the fact that I also have some German family on that side because I want to believe that my Irish gene is bigger than my German's gene and I, I don't know because in reality genetically apparently I'm very French and here's here's the thing I know about Europeans now every single one of them who's listening to this is mad now oh they are because they're so mad they hate that Americans talk about like where their ancestors came from. Like I think they we've hate talked about that. this on the pod before. We have, but every time we bring it up because it's a thing we talk about a lot in America because it's just it just is. It's very yeah. normal for us here to talk about it. Oh, totally. And I just I it's just so funny to me because I'll think about it and just be talking about it and then be like, oh wait, we're making a lot of people mad. And then I'm like, well, I can't do anything about that. I mean, it's just the facts, though. Like, unless you're Native American... You didn't come from here. I just mean that people from America, a lot... Most people from America, their roots are not Native American, so you're from somewhere else. All of that to say, Europeans, I I hear your anger. I see your anger. Uh, I'm going to disregard it and do what I'm doing anyways. True, true, um, true. But thank you. I don't thank really you, care about making for your Europeans interest. mad a little bit, you know. I'm like, I don't really either. I love you guys. Also kind of, thank you for listening. Yeah. But I don't really care if we make you mad. Listen, we know, we <laughs> everyone knows you're better than Americans. We know it. Let us do what we're going to do, all right? There's no debate here. Just move on. <laughs> Listen, oh my God. Everyone is great. I think everyone's great, and I'm glad that there's so many different people in the world. I think it's amazing. That's one of the things I like about this book is that in, like, I don't know. It's just I love that, too. That, like, Eilish moved from – oh, sorry, Eilish? Eilish? Mm -hmm. Eilish. Eilish. I looked it up. She moved (laughs) from – Because I was like, I have to know. Yeah. She moved from, you know, her pretty sheltered, like, East Irish – town to Brooklyn Mm -hmm. which is kind of like and I mean at the 50s so many people were moving there so she's like exposed to so many different cultures and she's kind of like having to navigate for the first time like other people which is very interesting I think um it is yeah I like this because also this this book has the feel of a classic without um being racist towards everyone who's not a white European which was true. really nice I was like thank god Eilish isn't sorry I keep saying Eilish Eilish isn't being racist 
to all this these is black the women who have to come into the store Ugh, and are being discriminated exactly. against. And the, and the author wasn't being racist either. This is the problem. If this was a classic, absolutely Eilish and the author would have been racist. True. I was like, what a relief. Yeah, <laughs> so thank nice. you, Calm. And then uh, it's also just interesting to hear, like, you know, the biases that, like, different types of white people have against each other is fascinating. You know what I it mean? It is so funny. Absolutely. Like, you look exactly the same. I don't understand how you can be like, oh, but they're Italian. <laughs> it blows so my mind. Funny. Okay, sorry. I was talking about calm. How did we get on this? I don't know. I was just, I wanted to poke the European bear, and I did, and I got us all off. God, we do that every episode. I can't believe anyone from Europe listens to this. Um, I know. We do love you. I love you. But for some reason, we just also really want to tease you. I think it's just because we're such an easy target. Because Americans are such an easy target, we're like, please let us just take a shot. Just here and there. Yeah. Oh, so true. (laughs) I mean, you guys make it so easy, though. So much colonization. Um, Anyway. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I am not letting the Dutch off of this. Like, I am going to be on y'all. Um, yeah, I just don't know enough. Uh, I just don't ha- have enough um, ill-informed prejudice about the Dutch, unfortunately, to uh, make jokes about you guys. Don't worry, I'll work on it. Oh, yeah. Look it up. Pretty bad. Um, so anyway, <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys are very nice. If you're listening to this, I love you. Uh, anyway. Well, any of our listeners are better than other people. Oh, true, true, true. So everyone listening to this podcast. <laughs> not the problem. If God. you're listening to this, just know you're not the problem Is in this- your life or your culture. <laughs> This episode is all. This is turning out to be our persuasion of this season. Holy shit! Oh my god! This is. We shouldn't have both had alcohol before we no, sat down. No, I had. To, I didn't know you were having alcohol I had a either. Bit of rum, which is my alcohol of choice. I. I had margarita wine. And I had it was good. my boyfriend, Captain Morgan, was here, and I was like, Captain uh, Morgan should join the party. And now look oh, at us hap. talking about. Random stuff for 45 minutes. Oh, my God. The Dutch. Maybe we should Okay, add- so come to Bean. Okay, I love you guys, and I know you want to hear about Brooklyn. Okay, so come to Bean. He went to University College Dublin. Then he lived in Barcelona and started writing book. He came back to Ireland, and he uh, was writing books there. And then he has also received honorary doctorates from the University of Ulster, University College Dublin, the University of East Anglia, and the Open University. Good Lord. He um, also, like, was an editor for a lot of publications, um, and he's won a lot of awards. (laughs) He's really, really well done. Oh, my God. Calm. Jeez. Calm, calm down. Yeah, and guess what? He has uh, been, like, a visiting writer at several universities including stanford university and the university of texas at austin what um, yeah which is great i wish oh, i was there cool he also Seriously. um taught at princeton from 2009 to 2011 and was a professor of creative writing at the university of manchester in 2011 so basically every university is like we cannot get enough of this guy so he wrote a bunch of short stories as well. He also wrote a play in 2011 called Testament, and which was performed at the Dublin Theater Festival. Ooh. And he also wrote a memoir called A Guest at the Feast in 2011. He most recently wrote a book called Nora Webster, which was published in 2014 and won multiple prizes. 
And Ooh. then he wrote on Elizabeth Bishop, which was published in 2015, which also won a bunch of prizes. And then his ninth book, uh, House of Names, was published in 2017. So he's very prolific. Like, he is doing it all. As we know, Brooklyn was turned into a film in uh-huh. 2016. Wait. With our girl. With our girl, Saoirse Ronan. So, mm-hmm. uh, oh, 2015. Excuse me. And the book and the movie, I have to say, are, like, extremely similar. I think that they yeah. did a really good job. Except for the ending, and I'm going to be, like, really sacrilegious and say I like the ending in the movie more. Oh, Which yeah. we've already talked about, you <laughs> and sure. I, but the, really. The ending of the movie is much more concrete and happy, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, we know what viewers want. <laughs> Yes. They were like, we know everyone is going to be so angry if we end it. Oh, yeah. The last like third of Brooklyn is very frustrating. But what a great book. I mean, isn't it great to like watch them? I think this one is fine that we, you like, if you watch the movie first because they're basically the same. But it's just like reading the book gives you a little more insight into like Eilish's feelings and then also like a little more ambiguity about plot points which i think is kind of interesting like i'm glad that we have the movie but it's fun to read the book to get a little like a different perspective almost you know yeah i totally agree so yeah that's uh our boy calm calm yay thank you calm for this wonderful book and for the wonderful movie that stemmed from it because it is like kendall said it really is a lot like the book but it's not so much like it that it's exactly the same but it really is just like if you like the movie then you read the book and it gives you like more about what you already know if that makes sense and then the ending like we said is a little different it's not even like super different the movie ending is happier though i would say happier yeah um they put a little so hollywood I'm... ending on it you know yeah and thank god for that i'm so grateful <laughs> seriously also i have to say i think the <laughs> casting was perfect don't, fully agree. Don't you think everyone was perfectly cast? Like, Saoirse, obviously, she can do any role. She can do like, anything. I she can do anything. completely in love with her. She could do anything, mm-hmm. and I would support her. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, wait. She Should she play Spoons or Wheezy in our, our <gasps> late 1800s um, lesbian Newsy lovers movie? Of course she should. Of oh course. Oh, my God. God. The question you... is, who does she play, Spoons or Wheezy? Oh, God. Let her play Wheezy so that I can fall in love with her. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. I need to contact her and then we'll, okay. we'll, we'll really, we'll get in the works on this. <laughs> Who should play Spoons? Now I'm thinking of it. Oh, my uh, God. Sandra Bullock. <laughs> no, she's too old. She's too old to pair with Saoirse, if, unfortunately. If Rachel Weisz was younger, I think Rachel. I do. I do want to say I do think Sandy Bullock should be in the movie. I just don't know who she should be, but she should be in the movie. Absolutely. Sandy should be some kind of like older lesbian who can like help them out. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I don't know. Who could be Spoons? I don't know. Maybe an unknown as Spoons. We cast yeah. Um, yeah. Because they're going to because they're going to like star pack the rest of the cast. <laughs> uh, you guys message us if you have casting ideas who you want to cast as Spoons. This is in this. so deranged. I love this. We <laughs> <laughs> <I> do. <laughs> oh, it's deranged in a lot of different God, directions. I really enjoy it. Favorite movie of all time. Hey guys, my name's Abby and I co-host the Book Life Podcast with my best friend Mo. We cover fantasy, sci-fi, and historical fiction books and talk book-related topics like our favorite character types, world building, and books versus their movies. New episodes drop every Monday on your favorite platform. Now, back to your show. 
So we start out, we've got this character. Her name is Eilish Lacey, which is a beautiful name. Oh, great. She is, uh, I know, she's living in Ireland with her sister Rose, who's like 30 or in her 30s, and her mom, whose name I forget. And um, basically, her her dad died a long time ago. Um, They have three brothers, but they're working in England now, I believe, in a factory and sending back money and stuff. And so it's just her and Rose. And she's been kind of getting like a little, she's been taking a few classes in bookkeeping because she's thinking maybe she could get a bookkeeping job to try and like help, you know, pay for her and her sister and her mom to live. But right now, Rose kind of supports all of them. Uh, So... Their life is, like, very, very sweet, very quaint, but kind of limited there. But Eilish is actually pretty happy with it. Funnily enough, Rose is the one who's all, like, glamour, fashion. She would do great in a big city. Very, like, lots of energy. Very social. But um, this priest, what's his name? Father. Father Flood. Father Flood comes to see them. And he's like, so I live in Brooklyn. And he's he's Irish, but you know, there was a lot of Irish in Brooklyn. It's just like the early fifties. And he's come back to Ireland and he's like, I'm I'm about to head back to Brooklyn where my parish is. And uh, you know, right now they're looking for I know that there's no jobs here for Eilish, but there's you know, lo- loads of jobs in Brooklyn, especially for someone who's getting her accounting, you know, degree or whatever it is. And so the mom doesn't really say anything and Rose doesn't really say anything. And these three women just fascinate me because they have this way of completely like knowing what each other's thinking and communicating by their lack of communication. <laughs> True. Which, exactly. Which is so funny because I feel like my husband would not get this at all. But reading this, I completely got it. Because I was like, yes, absolutely. Because my mom and I can communicate like that too. <laughs> like you can communicate what you mean by not saying anything. And so this is kind of their thing. And what basically Eilish gets out of that non-communication is that they would really like her to go to Brooklyn. I mean, they don't want her to because they're going to miss her really badly and it's going to be really sad for them but because they really need the money and there are no jobs in this tiny little Irish town that they live in. Right. So so Father Flood basically secures her a place to live in this boarding house with um, Mrs. Kehoe? Kehoe. Kehoe, with Mrs. Kehoe. And um, and these other girls who are boarding, they're mostly Irish, Irish-American, I think. And then, um, and yeah, and so basically she does end up going over to America, to Brooklyn, and she has a horrible time on the ship. Oh, God. It's she gets so, so awful. seasick. It's awful, but she has kind of a cool bunk mate, so that helps. Yeah. And then um, then she gets to Brooklyn, and she moves into this boarding house, and uh, her the people in her boarding house are quite a mixture. Like, some of the girls are just, like, all about the boys and having a good time, and then there's a couple older women, and they're very, like, they're kind of just snotty. But they're a little bit more rational. And then there's Mrs. Kehoe, who is, um, I, you really like her one second, then you really don't like her the next, is all I can say about her. Yeah, She's not the most likable person. She's Um, a little, um, intense. She's very intense. She's the landlady. She's pretty intense. And she's also, I think, pretty Mm self-serving. So you like her when she decides to, like, be helpful. But it's pretty much always in her best interest. She's just one of those people. Um, but it's not that she never does anything kind. So that's kind of her living situation. And she's very, very homesick at first. But she gets this job working at, um, what's it called? Bar- uh, Bartucci's? Bar- Bartucci's. Bartucci's? Bartucci's. It's, it's an O. So it would be Bartucci's is how we would say it in America. Bartucci's is how it would be said in Italian. Bartucci's. And so Bartucci's. So this is another thing where my my family, you guys, if you are 
not new here, this is not news to you, but if you're new here, just so you know, because I talk about it a lot. My family is actually from Italy, Italy, and like I grew up going to Italy. They're not Italian-American, they're Italian, my family is. Yeah. So Italian-Americans are very amusing people. I do not have any insight into their world or their culture, really. <laughs> um like really at all and it shows again because i like i would often tell people you know stay away from italians i would not recommend dating them um that's italian italians again because that's my experience with them not italian americans and also by the way that's a huge overgeneralization but we've already been over that um (laughs) yeah so we don't have to retread that (laughs) we don't have to retread that but Anyway, so there's uh, a lot of Irish American, a lot of Italian American, and then, um, but they're all like first generation mostly, first and second generation. There's like, you know, so everyone's like a little bit more connected to their roots. But anyway, so she works at at Bartocci's. Bartocci's, I I don't know how how American. Let's just say, say it. Let's say it like you're Italian. That would be fun. Bartocci. Eilish <laughs> works at Bartocci's. It's owned by Italians. That's where. That's why I brought that up. Um, and that's why it's you know has such an Italian name. She gets put to work like doing just like customer service stuff. She works on a sales floor. Like they sell women's clothing. But basically, Father Flood has worked it out so that if she does really well there, and basically doing well means looking pretty, smiling all the time, even when you're upset, and offering really good customer service. And that's pretty much all you have to do to succeed in this job. But when they say smile. <laughs> all the time like they mean all the time it's true so the, what's her name um is always like on her for like like are you happy are you looking smiley are you being yes. welcoming that kind both, of thing both of like the female supervisors i forget one of her names but she's real creepy later it starts okay with yeah a little remember. predatory i'll say that mm-hmm. I was, yes there was some predatory stuff i did not like it i didn't super like it either and i find it interesting that it was included they were kind of friends though even still it was definitely strange it was and it was definitely that thing where it's like "Ooh, this is a very not good power dynamic for this yeah because she is her supervisor that was what i didn't like exactly like i don't mind you shooting your shot but it was like a little creepy the way she did it anyway Mm -hmm. moving on it was very creepy the way she did it but anyways so uh she's working there she's doing really good except until she gets um really homesick one day and then she basically they're like uh we'll let you off the hook one time uh but you're gonna need to sort this out because if you keep coming to work homesick and looking sad then you're gonna get fired (laughs) and she doesn't want to get fired because father flood has arranged it that she can um if she finishes these if she takes these night classes and she finishes her accounting degree that they might hire her on as an accountant at the company which would be amazing right um so that's like the dream like that's all she's ever wanted to do and so she Basically, Father Flood meets with her and says, I think that you need to keep yourself distracted to avoid feeling too homesick. And so she starts taking these night classes to be, you know, an accountant. And then she also starts going out with the girls more, even though she doesn't seem to really enjoy it for a while. But they go to these dances, which are adorable. Oh, I love um, Especially, the like, the two younger girls, whose names I forget. Um, but they're really into going to dances. Oh, and they um, always, like, Diana dress up and look and really hot. Patty? Patty, is that it? Yeah. Yes, Diana and Patty. I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, But they always, like, dress up and get glamorous, and it's so cute. And basically, Father Flood decides that he's going to open the church to do, like, dances for, like, quote-unquote charity. I like Father Flood. 
I'm gonna say Father it. Flood is excellent. He's really Mrs. cool. Kehoe doesn't like it him a lot. Like it depends. Sometimes she likes him and sometimes she doesn't. Or maybe it's Miss McAdams that doesn't approve of him. I forget. McAdams, but because is a he's bitch, honestly, <laughs> she really is. She it. is not a nice. I person. don't even She's feel bad one about borders. it because both Sheila yeah. and McAdams are extremely racist. You find out later. They are, and it's so hard to be like anything but extremely. Yeah, I was like, okay, I don't them. feel bad about hating you guys anymore. Yeah, no. So Father Flood has got, like, some, like, he is a good person, but he's also, like, a practical person, like, who lives in the real world, which I really like. But yes. some of his parishioners think he's too worldly. I think he's just, I think he's just doing a good job. I but. completely agree. I mean, like, how can you be a priest without, and I'm not Catholic, so sorry, don't come for me. But I just feel like, how can you be, like, a religious um, figure in that leader, way with yeah. leader without, like, trying to understand people or like connect to people in the real world that doesn't make yeah, sense to me. exactly like, your people and i think he gets it i really like father yeah Flynn. i like him too i think he i do think he gets it anyway so they start um having these dances at the church and so mrs keo kind of gives gives the girls her blessing because she's pretty strict about her like rules and stuff and i mean not that diana and patty don't don't go out and dance every night wherever they want anyways but it's mostly Irish now who come to the church and at least Mrs. Kehoe kind of knows where they are and Eilish goes with them and it's just it's cute they have a good time um they dance some nobody really asks her to dance which also I forgot to say kind of happened when she was still in Ireland she went to a dance with her girlfriends before she left and um that's where one of her girlfriends met George who she had a huge crush on at the time and then there was this guy named Jim Farrell right Jim Farrell yep Jim Farrell, and he was a dick. He was. He was a mopey-faced dickhead, and okay. we don't, we did not like him at all. I'm going to say this right off the bat. Jim Farrell has Mr. Darcy vibes. I'm saying Oh, I hate it. I hate that you're right, because at the end, I was like, oh, <laughs> it is Mr. Darcy vibes. But Mr. I was like, it's Darcy. too... But it's too late. The, her her love story has already happened it's by then. It's too okay? late. She's already fallen in love with Mr. Bingley. That's what I'm going to say. That's, oh my God, you are so right. Oh my God, you're so correct. Uh, anyways, um, I guess I'll just skip forward to that part of the story because it's just a lot of like slice of life getting used to work. Um, yeah. Ooh, Bar- Bar- Bartocci starts to allow um, minority women to come in and shop and they're like, we are going to be the first one that sells like stockings in like, uh, it's called Red Fox is the name of the color, but like that actual like colored women can wear. And so they're like, we know it's kind of risky, but we're going to do it. Right. And so Eilish and one of her really bitchy coworkers gets put on like the desk for the colored people. And um, Eilish does wonderful because she's not racist, which is awesome. And yeah, that like God. takes up a little bit of uh, space in the book just because like some of the other boarders are like, woohoo. And some of the other boarders are like, um, that's disgusting. I'm never going to shop there I again. Know. And we're like, then don't. Yeah, I was like, like okay, boo-hoo. They won't miss your business. Like, get out of here. Yeah, exactly. I did appreciate this about Bartolis. Like, the whole time, they were very much like, we accept, we want anyone and everyone to come into the store, and we don't discriminate, mm-hmm. and we're polite to everyone. And I was like, that's actually great. I'm so glad that you guys are like this in 1952 or whatever year I it was. I really liked it. You know? I also like, because... and. It was- What's funny is it's not because they were good or principled at all. It's because they were completely profit-driven. And so... <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like, even if you're going to be racist, like, that just... Uh, being racist just doesn't make any capitalism no. sense, honestly. No. <laughs> this is the thing. 
saying. <laughs> this is exactly what cracks me up about, like, occasionally I feel like people will try to, like, align, like, well, like, companies that make a lot of big money are also prejudiced. And I'm like, that doesn't really work with um, making money. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed during Pride Month, but this this guy, he's a libertarian um, podcaster and commentator. He's so funny. He's gay. And I follow him. And on Pride Month, he posted a bunch of funny things. One of them was, like, this hysterical gif of, like, I forget. It was some character from The Simpsons being, like, shaken by their shirt collar. And it said all of the companies to the gays this month uh give me all your money which is really funny it's kind of true honestly like every pride month, every single company is like no we are your best friend and i'm like okay yeah like, <laughs> sure. are you really though it's just funny yeah like, it's yeah i don't know it's so funny but like yeah, at I this just... time though when brooklyn was written like you know brooklyn was no set, they were very yeah, much like, we are, was like groundbreaking. They are willing to lose the business to keep up being racist. <laughs> like, yes, they were exactly the, the illusion of being racist. Like, I mean, I don't really know what all these businesses who show up for Pride Month actually feel or what their policies yeah. really are. But it's just funny to me that in the 50s they wouldn't even pretend you know what I mean <laughs> no they wouldn't even pretend and I will just say pretty quickly because I got to research it because of the guy I follow is uh, his name is Brad Palumbo he's a libertarian um just commentator like I said he's very very funny but anyways um the companies that were doing all like like some of like the biggest like pride campaigns if you look at their middle eastern accounts where it's not accepted to be anything but straight um, they definitely were not displaying the pride flag. So I'm just saying they are not willing to back oh, it yeah. up. You guys I mean, don't be fooled. Every bit, like people are just all about money. You know, that's what you have. A hundred percent. But you're right. In the fort, or sorry, in the fifties, people were absolutely so racist. They were like, we'll sacrifice profit <laughs> for being racist, Literally, which is insane. Like, I'm willing to die on this hill. And I'm like, okay, you're stupid. <laughs> but not the Italians. Thank God. Bartocci's was like. Was- Woke. We are going to take everyone's money. <laughs> if, if it's money, it doesn't matter who it comes from. I don't know if they were woke, but they were like, money is everything. And yeah, true. It, was, right, it just right. happened to work out well. <laughs> they were like, listen, money is money. <laughs> but you know what? At least they had someone nice like Eilish working the counter. Exactly. No, it, I mean, it was definitely a good thing and a huge step forward, regardless of like why they did it. I'm very glad that they did it. And it was just so was nice to be like, oh, company. Eilish nods are right. Yes, but still because a lot of historical books are not like this where i'm like what a breath of fresh air like eilish isn't a racist i was like god that's so nice i did appreciate that about our girl eilish i uh, i appreciated that calm like would talk about things like this you know he didn't really have to bring it up but you know the setting is a very racist time in american society for sure so i i appreciated that he mentioned it you know what i mean he did. And I'll say this for him about other things, too. Whenever there was, like, a sensitive topic, he spent just enough time on it and not too much. Like, he did this with racism. He did this with sex. He did this with death and grief. Like, he spent just enough time on it and then moved on. Like, he didn't, like, dwell on it too much. He just, like, was like, and there we go, and we're moving on. Yeah. And so it was like, I just think that that makes so much more of a difference than trying to, like, hit one really sensitive topic really hard or, like, just brushing I up mean, against it. I think that he did well. That's what it is, though. It's, it's, it really is, like, almost a coming-of-age novel in that it's kind of slice of life, like, where it's yeah. really just about... It's a character-driven, I guess is what I mean. In that, is, so, yeah. like, all of these things are affecting Eilish as she's like living and working and stuff. So it makes sense to bring all of these kind of uncomfortable topics up. 
But it, yep. in the end, it is her life. So it, she moves on from things and kind of learns from things, you know? So yeah. I appreciated that he kind of, you know, he did spend time on things that were, like, period accurate, I guess, is what I mean. Yeah, exactly. I also will say this is another one of our, our, of our male authors, like, one of the two most notable ones. The other one being, um, what's his name, who wrote, um, oh, was it the chess one? I'm suddenly forgetting the name of the book, Oh, I loved that book. The Queen's Gambit. I will say that author and Colin Sabine both had this insane knack. They are, of all of the male authors I've read, I think that they are the best two that I've seen yet for writing a female voice really authentically. I really agree with you 100%. I think that they got it. I think they did too. I wish, and also, uh, God, what's her name? From Queen's Gambit. They feel like real people to me. I feel, Beth Harmon. Yes. I feel like they um, are people like you could meet potentially. But you know what? I will say this. They kind of feel similar to me in that they're a little bit. Not passive, but they're kind of quiet observers. Quiet observers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So true. That's interesting. Hmm. That is true. I thought that might, maybe that's part of it too. Maybe they're just like really good at writing like this specific type, of, type woman. of woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I would say <laughs> I don't think either of them are passive. I think they're both. Taking no, 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 charge not of their passive. own stories, but I agree with you. They're not very boisterous. I'll say that. Absolutely. Um, they're definitely not like girl power, like outwardly, but they are like the girl power figures, which is very funny. Like they're who you would respect as a girl power figure, but they don't like themselves personally, like have girl power energy at all. I think that they're just living their lives, doing their best, you know? That's Especially exactly because, what it is. Yeah. Okay. For our girl in the Queen's Gambit. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's, like, in a very male-dominated world, really, with, like, the chess and all that. So she's kind of having to, like, forge her own path there, which I think Mm -hmm. means that she kind of has to... She has to be, like, assertive, but also step carefully in the same breath. You know what I mean? It was very interesting to read. And Eilish, I feel, also has a similar thing where she's kind of trying to... I think intrinsically she's a little bit more uh inward than like her sister rose for example who i think is more of an extrovert Mm -hmm. but she's also like in a new situation she's like in a new country she's having to kind of like tap into her more outward expression and like she's trying to like navigate a new world at the same time so it's it's very interesting to see like these two women who might normally be more inward having mm-hmm. to put themselves out there a little bit. You know what I mean? It's just kind yeah, of interesting absolutely. to read about. No, I totally agree. Basically, when one of these, I almost said when Beth Harmon, when Eilish. <laughs> Beth, that's her name. <laughs> God damn. How come yes. I couldn't remember Beth's name? Okay. Thank God. Know. But anyways, um, Eilish. So when Eilish goes to one of these dances at, uh, at, uh, Father Flood's church. Shut up. I'm um, about to swoon. I'm about to swoon. I know. I know. Well, first of all, she has to take this, like, new girl with her name, Dolores. Aww. And Dolores is... Everyone is so mean about her. <laughs> She's Irish, and she's basically a maid, and she agreed to... Um, to clean for Mrs. Kehoe in exchange for room and board, which I think is like awesome. I'm like, that's a good deal. Like, you go for it, Dolores. Know, like, better your life. This is good. Yeah. But everyone else just kind of thinks in the boarding house that like she's below them. Not really Eilish. Eilish is kind of disgusted with her, once again, with all of her roomies because like so many of them are, even the ones who aren't the worst, are still not the best. Yeah. That but, is interesting to me that like 
even still, like, there's sort of a, I mean, I guess we still have this today, but it feels a little less obvious, I guess. But yeah, classism. Oh, people are definitely classist still. Yeah. 100%. I guess maybe people people are are more outward about it then, though. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Well, I think nobody felt ashamed to say whatever they wanted to say then. Whereas now, (laughs) even if you're classist, I feel like maybe there's a little bit of an effort to keep it on the inside. You're right. You're right. That's that's Uh, what it is. But yeah, it's definitely classism. Because even her um, family, like, I don't know. I guess it's different for her back in Ireland. Like, they very much rate people almost based on what their job is. Which is they do, interesting yeah. to me. And then she kind of doesn't know how to explain that once she gets to Brooklyn. She's like, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter that Tony... Okay, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. But it doesn't matter that Tony's a plumber. Like, I don't know. She mm-hmm. has to explain this. And it's just a different thing. Yeah. Which I think, you know, say what you want to say about America. But that is one thing that I think is a little different from, like, Europe. Is that there was always... Yeah. Especially, like you know britain and um that whole area is like once you get to america there's a little bit less emphasis on like class yeah well i mean it's less about the class that you came from and more about the class that you are able to like make it to right it, i don't know it's problematic a little bit say because there's obviously a lot of factors that influence how much people can like move up in the world oh no 100 percent. it's still oh it's still very bad that we think that way because it shouldn't matter regardless because some people have more obstacles to trying to quote-unquote climb the classes than others do so it's still very unreasonable but it is different yeah in america than it is than or than it had been other places yes i i agree that's what i'm trying to say yeah like there was a little bit more i guess what i mean is like once you move to america there is like more options for becoming like not what you mobility. were you know i yes. don't know it's just interesting to think yeah. about i guess the place to remake yourself a little bit yeah um but eilish does i will say this is uh, this is nice because she's an authentic person she but not nice because like she doesn't really have any interest in taking dolores under her wing like she also kind of <laughs> thinks that dolores is annoyed and i'm like dolores is a little bit annoying yeah like and it's not because she's lower class it's just because of her personality <laughs> and eilish i I think for Eilish, it's a little bit of both. Um, because our girl is, she's, you know, a product of her time, at least a little bit, or else she wouldn't be a real person. Yeah, so I think true. it's a little bit of Dolores's personality and a little bit of, there's like some inherent bias there too. But she basically does not, I mean, she didn't, she didn't want to go to the stance in the first place. She definitely did not want to have to babysit Dolores. And so when a certain handsome Italian uh, asks her to dance, she's like, oh my God, yes, please. <gasps> I'm gonna scream. Uh-huh. He's so cute. Like he is the cutest. Oh, he's the cutest. And so basically, they dance all night together. And his name is Tony, <laughs> and he's Italian. And basically, afterwards, he admits that he has been coming for a few weeks because he likes Irish girls. Basically, was why because she was like, "Why are you coming to an Irish dance?" And he's like, "Cause I like Irish girls." And the last few weeks, he's been coming just because he hoped to see her again Ugh. because he saw her and hadn't asked her to dance. And so me and who? It's me so and cute. who? Where's my Tony? He is so I, I know. cute. He is the cutest. Oh, my this, God. If you guys don't like Tony, I'm sorry, but you must be objectively wrong because Kendall and I both love Tony. Like, this is, <laughs> we both agree that Tony is amazing. True. So, like, so we must be right. I mean, okay. We must be right because we're coming from opposite ends of the, like, boy-loving spectrum. We really here. are. And can I tell you this one thing? When we read yes. this book for my Irish literature class in college, so I'd already seen the movie and everything. I, like, love the movie. So I was really excited to read the book. But when I read the book in my 
Irish literature class. Okay, for one thing, I had a huge crush on this girl who was in, like, in my table. Who, um, uh-huh. And so it was like, I don't know, she was super cute and nice. And, uh, but then when we started reading this book, the only thing we would talk about was how much we loved Tony. And I was like, I feel oh like this God. is not aiding me in any way. Like, this is not helping me at all. But we had a good no. time talking about it. That is so funny. It was really funny. You, um, I don't have another term for it, except that you, like, cock-blocked yourself. I did. I literally cock-blocked myself because, like, I had to talk about how much I love Tony. But at the same time, I was trying to flirt with her, but, like, it wasn't working. It was so no. funny. Yeah, anyway, we watched the movie and like so we watched the movie in class and every girl in the class was losing their mind about Tony, losing their mind. And so like I want to see what the boys were doing. Oh, the boys were into it, but like I think it was just because like they got to watch a movie during class, you know. <laughs> but yeah. my professor was super cool and chill, like he was a really nice guy. Um, uh-huh. so he was like, yeah, let's just watch the movie. Who cares? So we watched the whole movie over like two classes and that's so awesome. every girl in the class was like losing it over Tony. And I have never experienced yeah. this before. And I was like, you know what? Everyone here is correct. Like Tony is so <laughs> hot. I will say it. Tony is the only man. Tony is the man. <laughs> oh my God. This is hysterical. Where does he rate next to, uh, next to Gilbert, Ooh, uh, live? Good question. Good question. Or Johnny Tremaine. Sh- okay. Shut up. Uh, cause these are your men to me. I think of these as Kendall's they men. They are my men. Johnny Tremaine, I will say he's a dick and he was my <laughs> like 12 year old crush. Like, 12-year-old mm-hmm. Kendall could not imagine a better boy than Johnny Tremaine. But, you know, then I grew, then I learned, then I became <laughs> in love with Gilbert Blythe. And you know what? I would say Tony is, like, my ideal man. To me, Tony is perfect. Wow. The only thing is, Tony is... I kind of agree. He's a short king, and I don't know if that... I would have to get past it a little bit, because I'm tall. But yeah. Tony is a short king, but you know what? Personality-wise, he's perfect. And he loves the yeah. Dodgers. I love the Dodgers. He's cute and funny. Oh, he's Italian. He I would is. get to eat spaghetti all the time. He's American-Italian, which is, like, awesome because they seem hilarious. I know. And then also... I love his family. Like... I know. They're delightful. And he is and sweet. I do think he is so sweet. He's so sweet. I think he's the most crushable character I've ever read in a book, which is hysterical. <laughs> because for me, like, you would not think I would like this guy. I just don't feel like you would be like, yeah, Tony is, like, her all-time book crush. But I think, because how can he not be everybody's, like, all-time book crush? And let me tell you this, my tall queen. I'm a short queen. <laughs> and I totally had a crush on this super funny, very handsome guy who was even shorter than me. Ooh. So I think he would be just fine. I, like, seriously, I think that Tony is so universally like lovable that it would be yeah. weird to me if you didn't love him also even though we have no. opposite tastes a lot of the times like tony is yes. so sweet and cute that i would be weirded out if somebody didn't love him exactly this is one of the things where like guys do this thing where they like to be all oh but you know girls don't actually want nice guys <laughs> because i'm a nice guy and i'm like shut up no you're Literally, not shut tony up. is Tony's the only man in the world who could say that. But guess what? He doesn't have a problem pulling in the ladies. Because when you're as wonderful and hysterical and unique as Tony is, you don't have to worry oh about that. Oh, my God. Is Tony, like, our ultimate 
book crush i think he is i think he is i know that you have said in the past that gem is uh he's got temple on your weird scale Uh, but that's like fantasy so this is like real world you're right so but i do think that tony should have a place of honor oh you're so correct i think tony goes straight to temple and we haven't talked about this in a long time but i I have no problem saying that. Like, Jem and Tony are the best men I've ever They're both read. in Temple. They totally are. That's amazing. And Jem can represent I... fantasy and Tony can represent Perfect. realistic fiction. I think it's so correct. Perfect. Oh, my God. How much would you pay to just, like, hang out in that temple? Oh, so much money. <laughs> the best boys <laughs> in the whole world? Are you kidding me? In the whole world. Anyways, I, I like okay, I'm going to try... You guys, this is just a, a Tony fan thought now. <laughs> We're done with Screw the book. We're just going to talk about men. Tony. Tony's the only man to me now. <laughs> He's the only man. Absolutely. I hope my husband doesn't. Actually, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I think he would love Tony, too. What's nice? Javi and I can crush on the same man. Oh, yeah. Because Javi is secure su- enough such to crush boy on crushes. boys. Like, I love that for him. He is. He is so secure in crushing on boys. He absolutely He's like, is not yes, a problem. I'm married to a beautiful woman. You know what? I have a crush on who is it? Ryan Reynolds or something? Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yes. And, and he's very possessive about Ryan, too, because he's like, I liked him before everyone else said they had a crush on him. Oh, he's very possessive about his crushes. So. I think that is so valid. I think the world would be a better place if everyone would just be more chill about having crushes on hot people. Listen, there are so many hot people. This is people what I'm saying. World. I know. I I feel like I have more and more recently become that way because I'm like, I listen. Saoirse Ronan is like amazing. How do you everything. not have a crush on her? Hey, do you? I don't know. Do you remember when you, me, and Sabrina went to go see the movie where she played Mary Queen of Scots, and it turned out yes, to be like and it was so stressful, really rapey and stressful. That was so scary. Yes, but you know that what? was really stressful. I... I think about that a lot, and I think, oh my god. <laughs> and then we went to Cabo Bob's. <laughs> And Cabo Bob's was so that good. Was, it was like a poultice to my soul. It was very funny. I think we needed that after seeing that film. Like, it was a good movie, but I don't oh, know that absolutely. I'd ever watch it again. I'd never watch it yeah. again. It was so intense. Absolutely but I, not. You know, I, I mean, she did amazing. Of course. Of course. Yes. And she wore that amazing, amazing, like, dress. Oh, oh she looked great. And you know what yes. makes me so mad, though? She is dating that boy who um, played whatever his name is, like, the the dickweed in that movie wait really she's dating they're him literally now? dating and they're like in love and Searsha i know that it was just a character <laughs> but i'm like i just can't get behind i this. know and it sucks to see someone else living your dream you know like i objectively hate <laughs> them now i'm like how dare you steal my girlfriend from me <laughs> i know my first thought was Searsha i could be better for you than he is <laughs> I know. I'm sure he's a nice guy, though. I mean, Saoirse would never date, much like Eilish's mom says, Saoirse Mm -hmm. would never date anyone who wasn't good. So I I trust her. I actually, I trust her judgment. I do. I do. I trust her. Yeah. I trust her judgment. God, I'm so Anyways, all of that to say that Tony is amazing and Eilish and him start dating. And you as the reader pretty much fall in love with Tony instantly. But Eilish is much more reserved as a person. And so like even when he first tells her that he loves her, actually he says it many times before she finally tells him. But she just like, the first time he says it, she's like, I just wanted to go home and be by myself. 
like that's how she responds to any kind of emotion. She's like, I needed to go be by myself it's and true. process this. I don't know if she's very emotionally mature. Like she, she really has to work on it, you know? She really does. Like, she really needs, like, alone time to process. Mm-hmm. And then she finally comes back to him and she says, the next time that you say that thing that you said to me, I'll say it back. And he's like, oh, and he's just, this is so sweet because Tony's adorable. So he's, like, thrilled and so cute. But he's so good at letting her be herself. And she's very quiet compared to yeah, him. They, and he's, he doesn't, like, push her at all. No. It's so nice. You're right. Because she says later, like, we're really, really opposite. But they yeah. get along really well, and I I agree with you. I love that he just kind of like understands her intrinsically and like lets mm-hmm. gives her room to be herself while also being himself. I think that it's so sweet. I think they have a really healthy relationship, honestly. I think they that's the, that's the thing. I think they do too. So she graduates and she's uh, from her first year with great grades or whatever at the accounting school. She's got one more year to go. She's actually and then she's finished that semester. So basically, she has one semester left and then she's got to like get her or she's waiting for her scores or something i forget um she and tony um basically she okay so that sad stuff happens she gets a letter they've been dating for a while now and she, they find out that her sister rose died unexpectedly in her sleep oh, so and sad. she had this heart condition and she'd been going to see the doctor but she hadn't told anyone about it and so it's it's really sad and sudden and her mom didn't even know and so basically she's like i need to go back to to ireland to be with my mom right now she's completely alone like my brothers came down just for the funeral but they have to go back to work and so that's uh the whole thing is very stressful and tony's like okay i just want you to marry me first and she's like why and he's like because i just need to know that you're gonna come back and she's like i am and he's like well if you're so sure then it shouldn't be a problem like we could just go get married in the court right now and then when you come back we'll go get married in the church and we can live together and she's a little on the fence about it but he really pushes for it and i like totally see why and like at the end of the book you go very valid tony that was very under that's very smart yeah i i feel bad for him because I, I love him so much, but I think that he is a little insecure in that, like, he always thinks that Eilish is going to leave. Like, he's so yes, he in does. love with her that he's very, like, always a little stressed out about it. Like, he thinks that she's going to be gone in a second, which makes me so yeah. sad because he is so him, sweet yeah. and he has so much to offer. And But, like, at the same time, like, at the end, you learn he is kind of valid in that. Like, he... He kind yeah, of understood. He was kind of correct. He was a little bit right. Yeah. And it is. I stressful. think he knows Eilish better than she knows herself, which is just so interesting for a person who's so outward and outgoing. Yeah. But he's also very, I don't know about introspective. It's more like outrospective. Yeah. Like he really gets people. He really understands You're right. people, including Eilish. You're totally right. He And Eilish even mentions that like he's really good at like, um, you know, kind of understanding like what she wants and like. Uh, being very responsive to like her needs and just being like generally a very sweet considerate boyfriend like I guess we would consider him to be Um, but I think yeah you're right maybe he kind of understood already that like she has a whole other life and like she could kind of go back to that at any time and he's so in love with her that he's a little bit nervous about that all the time yeah 
Exactly. So Eilish does agree and they do get married and she's got the ring, but she decides to like, like wear it around her neck instead, like on a necklace. And she goes back to Ireland and they, they go and she sees Rose's grave and her mom is very, I was very disappointed with her mom, honestly, upon, upon coming back. I know her mom's going through a lot, but I feel like her mom is kind of self-centered. Like it's kind of all about how can her kids take care of her which is just very weird and kind of foreign to me because my mom is so the opposite. I wish my mom was more in the middle, but I, she just did not seem like the best mom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I I don't hold any specific malice towards her, but I also was like, I feel like you should be asking your daughter a little bit more about like her life. (laughs) Yeah. She was like like, determined not to. (laughs) Exactly. So she, they had only talked on the phone once and she hadn't seen her in like two years and she basically refuses to ask her about America or her life in America. And she only wants to talk about, like, Rose and life there. And she kind of treats Eilish like she used to t- treat Rose. And it's kind of like she's expecting Eilish to take Rose's place as, like, her primary, like, caretaker. Like, she's going to go to work every day and pay for everything and come back and hang out with her. Like, she's clearly expecting Eilish to move home. And it's clear pretty quickly that her friends are yeah, also kind totally. of vying for this because they are setting her up. So her friend before who went on that you know she had a crush on that guy named George now they're engaged and they're getting married and uh uh-oh their marriage is just a few days after when she was supposed to go back to Brooklyn so she has to extend her stay so she can go to the wedding which is just like oh great here we go (laughs) and they basically are like you have to come hang out with us Eilish but it's not just her and George Nancy is that her name she goes to hang out with them and Jim Farrell is with them and he's much nicer than he used to be he did go through kind of a Darcy change where he's very like nice and gentle <laughs> and proper and still kind of quiet but very thoughtful and good conversationalist and at first Eilish is like oh my god this is so funny like I'm I can't wait to go back to Tony and she's like writing him a letter every single day and reading his letters every single day and then she keeps hanging out with Jim and Nancy and George and she starts to realize like okay Jim actually is kind of a cool person and then I think more than she falls in love with Jim she starts to fall in love with her life back home. Yeah. And You're because so Rose right. no You're longer. So right. Yes. That's what it is. And so I think Jim is a perfectly Darcy-like, lovable love interest by the end of this book. But I don't think that she's ever in love with him ever. I think that mm-hmm. she's in love with the life that she could have. Like, deeply in love. Like, to the point where if she stays, it could work with him. That's how much right. she loves the life that they could have. And, um, you know, they really, like, uh, spell it out in the movie a little bit more than in the book. Where he basically is like, I wish this is what my life was like before I left. Because everything is working yeah. out for her. Like, she has a great job. She has Jim. Yep. She, could she can take Rose's love, job. You know, yeah. So, yep. like, everything is really going really well for her. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's interesting because she wouldn't have gone to this place if she hadn't gone to America. So, like, I don't know. It's it's just yeah. stressful to think about, really. <laughs> exactly. And even Nancy says, like, that she's she says, um, Eilish, like, you're so different than you were before. You have so much more confidence. Like, you're glamorous. You're just, like, more, you know, open and free and independent. And that's part of what Jim is so attracted to in her. Right. But that she never would have been that person if she didn't go to Brooklyn. And, and I think also if she hadn't met Tony when she did, because yeah. he was a big part of her coming out of her shell. So... Anyways, they they get really close. Um, She goes to Nancy and George's wedding. Um, Jim Farrell drives her back. They do end up kind of making out, and they have this, like, cute picture of them by the ocean hugging, which was really stressful to me. I was so mad. I'm going to be real. I was so upset. No, I was too. I was like, Eilish, but Tony... I know! Like, Tony, though. Like, she doesn't realize <laughs> what she has until 
<laughs> no, until she's, yeah. And anyways, and so she's just like, well, I'm completely stuck. At first, she's like, how am I going to tell Tony? And then she kind of switches to, well, how am I going to tell Jim about Tony mm-hmm. and tell and tell Jim that I want to divorce Tony? And would he still marry me if I divorced Tony? But then this old, this, uh, this older woman who she used to work for on Sundays, uh, Nellie Kelly is her name, Miss <laughs> Kelly. She's kind of a bitch, and she's always been a bitch. Yep. And she basically is like, oh, hi, Eilish. I saw you were back. It's so funny. I just talked to my friend in Brooklyn, Mrs. Kehoe. Maybe you know her, your landlady. <gasps> oh, my God. And uh, she says you're married, so that's interesting. And uh, Eilish is like, well, oh, crap. And then she has to go tell her mom before Miss Kelly can tell her mom. And then her mom is like, well, you wouldn't have married him if he wasn't a really, like, special, wonderful person. Yeah. Like, I know you, at least, this is, like, her one good mom moment I, in a yeah, long time I that agree. we've seen. Yeah. And so she's like, you need to go back and be with your husband. And so she does, honestly, in the movie she does because she's like, yes, I love Tony. You know, more of that energy. Right. Um in the book, the energy here is much more like, well, I have no other choice. If the secret gets out, like, I'll never have a life here. Jim will never marry me as soon as the secret gets out. He's not going to marry a divorced woman. I guess I have to go back to Brooklyn and be with Tony, my husband. So that's how the book ends. And, like, it's not exactly sad, but it's not exactly happy. Like, let me see if I can find, like, the line on the last page. Um, She said that she – basically, she's saying that she could see Jim going to her mom's door to look for her and her mom looking at him with inexpressible sorrow and whatever pride she could muster – And I'll just read the last paragraph of this, because this will give you... This last paragraph is the vibe of how the book ends, which was not quite what I wanted. She has gone back to Brooklyn, her mother would say. And as the train rolled past McMine Bridge on its way towards Wexford, Eilish imagined the years ahead, when these words would come to mean less and less to the man who heard them, and would come to mean more and more to herself. She almost smiled at the thought of it, then closed her eyes and tried to imagine nothing more. So she kind of... This last paragraph kind of makes it sound like... It was her choice to go back to Brooklyn and that that's what would make a difference to her for the rest of her life. But I kind of feel like that's kind of a cop out. Like it wasn't really her choice. She kind of just had no choice at all at this point. I think that, yeah, Book Eilish was very much more conflicted at the end than Movie Eilish was. Yeah, Movie Eilish is much more like, oh, yeah, I do love Tony. Yeah, because I love the scene in the movie where... Uh, Miss Kehoe, like, or sorry, not Miss Kehoe, um, Miss Kelly uh, confronts her and is basically like, I know you're married. And then Eilish is like, yeah, my name is Eilish Fiorello, bitch. Like, she basically has that scene. <laughs> and it's so iconic and I love it for her. And because she uh, kind now of. Now I want to watch the movie oh, it's again. so good. Because she kind of has that thing like, you know what? I do love Tony. What am I doing here? Like, this this is nice, but I can't like. Continue. Yeah, she kind of like snaps out of the dream. Exactly, but where, in the book, you don't yeah. really get that as much. It's more like she's like, okay, I guess I'll go back because I don't want to get divorced, and it's too much to explain. Like it, it, it yeah. sucks a little more, which I hate. It does. But well, I, it sounds like she's like leaving the dream behind to like go back to purgatory. Yeah. is kind of like her energy. And she even says in the book, "I don't think I've actually been in love with Tony," which I'm like, okay, you're wrong. I know you're alone. You're you're so wrong. I was like, you are. You have been and you are. You're just being I, I stupid. Know. Like, I just think that she might be second guessing herself because she's kind of never had 
anybody other than Tony. So once she gets Jim that's what I think it is. I think it's that and all the pressure to be at home and because home is so comfortable. Yes. And I just think it's I think it's the life she could have with Jim and could have had with Jim if Jim were nice to her from the beginning. Right. But he wasn't. And and if she'd had job opportunities because she just didn't. That's why she left. So yeah, I agree because I think that like obviously everything is nice for her in Ireland now, but. I just think that she gets sucked into that and doesn't realize what she had with Tony was real, but it's hard to kind of like get back into that mindset when she's so far away and when everything is so good in Ireland. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's just, I feel for her, but I also am a little frustrated with her towards the end. And I don't know. But I like that though, because I think that makes her more of a real character. Like she's not perfect and she does kind of cheat on Tony, honestly. But she does. I was so I kept thinking, oh my God, how would I feel if Javi like went back to Corpus where he's from and had any even just a fraction of the experiences that she's having with Jim? I would be so crushed and so betrayed. I was like, You straight have betrayed Tony now, Eilish. She has. And she even says that because she's like, I know that Tony would not be doing anything that I'm doing in Brooklyn without me. No. She knows that. And so it, it it is, I like that it humanizes her in that way because you're like, okay, Eilish is not a perfect person. She makes huge mistakes no. here. But you still kind yes. of feel for her because you've been in her head for so long. And because it yeah. is a really hard situation, honestly. Like, I understand where she's coming from, you know? And I yeah, like absolutely. that Calm did that for us. Um, but I, I do... I agree. Well, Beth Harmon had huge issues, too, to go back to our other kind of parallel female character. I mean, these both oh, of these girls true. have some big issues. You're right. Yeah. But if they didn't, it would just be like, well, what are they, Wonder Woman? I mean... <laughs> You're right, yeah. Like, okay, nobody's that perfect, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and that's what I like. I really, really like... Except for Tony. Okay, Tony is Tony perfect. Tony is that perfect. Tony has never done anything wrong in his life. Never in his whole life. Oh, <laughs> he is so sweet. Um, And you know what? Oh. That's what I like about the movie, because it really wraps it up in a nice little bow. Where Eilish is like, I'm sorry, Eilish is like kind of happy to go home and then they like see each other. I love, okay, I'll still say this. I love the like parallelism um, in the movie where like when she's first going into Brooklyn, she gets like the um, advice from Georgina where it's like, you know, like stand up straight, like don't look too sickly, like be confident, that kind of thing while she's going home. Yeah. And then she's able to give that advice to some other girl when she's going back home to Brooklyn because she's now the experienced one. And then she goes home and sees Tony and like you get the sense that like everything's going to be okay. Oh, it's such a good ending. And you know what? I really like also in the book they mentioned one of the things that makes her happier once she kind of gets going in Brooklyn is that she's dating Tony. But the other thing that makes her happier is that she's got her bookkeeping, like that she's studying Mm -hmm. and stuff. You know, she's got ambition. She's like her own person. Plus, she has this great relationship, which I really like, like about her. You know, she's not completely defined by who she's dating. But, like, she has that thought back in Ireland that she's like, maybe I could be the bookkeeper for Tony and his brother's business. And I'm like, I love yeah, it. like, I think, like, that's a great idea because she, like, wants to keep yes, working part time, which I really respect yeah. in her because, you know, she's worked hard for what she has. So I'm like, yeah, you should work part time if you want to. Yeah, seriously. And so I think Tony would totally support her in that. So I think everything's going to be okay. 
I but think it I is think, too. you know, she kind of, it's, I also, I'm willing to. She still betrayed him. She did betray him. <laughs> but I'm willing to forgive her a little bit because it was a really tough situation. But I'm also like. It was like, a very tough situation. I'm, I'm also like, I wish you hadn't kissed Jim Farrell. But I think, you know, everything's going to be okay when she gets back to Brooklyn. That's what I think. I totally agree. I think it will be too. Yeah. Um, I wish that everything that had happened in Ireland hadn't happened, but whatever. It's not. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. They'll be fine. Um, oh, I just feel like you know Tony deserves someone perfect because he's perfect. Uh, but Tony I guess that's unreasonable. Is perfect. He is the sweetest yep. boy in the world. You know what really got me about Tony? <laughs> There's like this what? one part where she's. Uh, like when she goes to visit his family for the first time and they're like really uh-huh. funny and cute and she's like you know getting to know them and stuff and he has like that really funny younger brother okay actually yes, there's Frank. two parts that really got me about Tony this time around reading it but so when she first goes to like have dinner with them <laughs> his dad like comes back in and is like Tony you gotta go help out our neighbor she's having plumbing issues or whatever and so yeah. like okay and so Tony goes and like helps out and she gets to, like, talk to his family without him a little bit, you know? And then when he comes uh-huh. back, he's so funny. He's like, I'm a saint. And he's, like, completely dirty. <laughs> and he's been gone for, like, Gross. two hours. And he's, like, so yeah. sweet about it. Oh, he's just the sweetest boy. But then also, I love the scene whenever um her she goes to the Dodgers game with him and his brothers. Because uh-huh. I think it is so sweet. Especially when you compare it to, like, Miss... Bartachi? No. Uh what what's her name? The 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 one who was a little Miss, creepy. To Mrs. Her. F. Miss F. Yeah, I forget her her full name, but I know it's anyway, her. But with an she F. was she's like also giving her advice because she was dating like an Italian guy too. And she's like, Oh yeah, he'll yeah. take you to the Dodgers game and he'll ignore you the whole time or whatever. But then when she um when Eilish went to the Dodgers game with Tony and his brothers, like they put her in the middle. They were like sure to like, you know, keep her in the loop and stuff. And Tony was like, you know, involved with the game, but she kind of liked that about him. She was like, you know what? I like that he's got this thing that he's really passionate about. And he was still sweet to her and like everybody was involved. And it was so sweet to me. Like you can just tell that like this family really loves her. Not only just Tony, but the family loves her. The whole family. And I really I totally liked agree. that about, like, their relationship. I did, too. Would you say those were your favorite parts? Um, yes. I would say, like, when she first meets Tony at the dance and then also the Dodgers game were, like, my favorite parts. Oh, that's so good. Um, Every scene with Tony is my favorite. And I don't care if that's a cop-out. It's just true. They really are. And my least favorite was when she was cheating on him. Yeah, me too. All of the scenes where she was cheating on him. When she kissed so. Jim Farrell, that was my least favorite part. Oh, so upsetting. Oh, also yeah. when Rose agree, died. Agree. So sad. That was very sad. Totally agree. Um, what about uh, favorite and least favorite characters? Favorite character, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Sorry, guys. Tony. This is the Tony podcast now. Um, this is. Honorable mention for Isla. She was a pretty cool person I, yeah. considering how many people were not back then. But the ending, she just, sorry. Tony never faltered in being wonderful. You're right. Like, I really appreciate that Eilish is a complex character, and I like her mm-hmm. as a main character, but... Ooh, also another honorable mention for Father Flood. Though. Oh, so true. I love Father Flood. Least favorite character. I don't know. I mean, maybe Miss McAdams. Yeah, I was going to say Miss McAdams. I did not like her. Miss McAdams is... Yeah, she's not great. She's 
she's racist she's classist she's yeah. uh, stick in the mud she's she's not great yeah. I I feel like there's someone else I'm forgetting that's got to be worse than her but off the top of my head I'm gonna say Miss McAdams yeah, for his favorite Ooh, one yeah. thing I will say is sorry I know I'm just going off the rails this episode don't blame it on me blame it on my boyfriend Captain Morgan but um yeah. anyway <laughs> the other thing I was gonna say is there's a scene in the movie I don't it's not in the book because they made um you know all of her roommates in the book or calm sorry he's the originator but all most of her mm-hmm. flatmates in the book are kind of not great but anyway in the no, movie um one of them i don't remember who she is but she's like one of the people who lives at the boarding house she and eilish have this like great scene where basically she's talking to her and she's saying like yeah uh i used to be married but then he like left me or whatever and yeah i miss it sometimes but then i know if i ever get married again i'll miss being here talking to you and it is such like i don't know why but that scene gets me so real so hard yeah because it's like it's true you have to kind of appreciate whatever phase of life you're in really you know what i mean it's true it's it's very yeah if you don't you're gonna yeah i think it's if you appreciate your stage of life while you're in it and you're not just so focused on getting to the next stage that when you do get to the next stage at least doesn't feel like you wasted your time before right because there is this thing where like even, like, being married now, I sometimes think about, like, you don't have, like, the same kind of freedom. Not that you don't have freedom if you're in a healthy relationship, but, like, it's not the same, like, you and your girlfriends. There's always you and your girlfriends and your husband. Yeah. And, like, you don't just, like, go on a girl's trip. Like, you think about, you have to, like, factor in or out your husband first and then go on the girl's yeah. trip. So you can still do it, but it's never the same as it was before yeah. you were married. And I think... I mean, I'm so glad when people, like, find their person and get married and everything. Like, I was so excited for you when you met Javi and everything. But then when I start to think, like, why haven't I found my person? I have to start thinking, like, you know what? I am happy that I'm living in, like, this time in my life where I can, like, have my best friend as a roommate. And I can, like, you know, there's, like, so much joy in every aspect of your life. And that's what I think is so poignant about that scene. And I kind of wish it was in the book, like... It's so sweet. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's also it sad. Sweet. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I like it. It's a it. good scene because I feel like that never gets talked about, really. You know what I mean? It doesn't. I do think it would have been worthy of being in the book, yeah. too, which is saying something. Uh, what about favorite quotes? Ooh, okay. Uh, why don't you go first? So my favorite quote is, again, like, it's the one that I underlined when I first started reading the book but it's basically her it's what I said earlier about how like some people can kind of like communicate with each other especially women by not communicating at all (laughs) and I just I had never thought about that being a thing it was just a you know reality of my life so having seen it put into words was like oh my god yeah that is the way it is and then it made me think wait is not everyone like that and then thinking no I know for a fact that everyone's like that but anyways it was just really familiar um something that's just always been the way that my life is so um Let's see. Uh, She said, they knew so much, each one of them, she thought, that they could do anything except say out loud what it was they were thinking. So, anyways, they all, they all just, it was, to me, that for some reason, that line was just, like, really, like, oh, my God, that's so relatable. (laughs) Um, I feel like it was a very, like, weirdly, like, niche quote to pick. I wouldn't recommend it as everyone's favorite quote, because it's, like, there are way more beautiful quotes in here that are, like, more relatable, too. But for some reason, I was like, yeah. 
Yeah, that whole page really. Yeah, is all that. It's all about that. Um, but that's I guess that's my favorite quote. It's really it's the quote that stood out to me the most. So I'm going to call it my favorite oh, quote totally. for the purpose of the pod. And I think that Calm like is a really good writer. Like a lot of the, I oh, think yeah. that it was very um, noticeable to me that like he would have ways of Eilish like. Uh, um stating things like you know just in the narrative that i'm like oh yeah i guess i felt that way too but i've never really put it to words you know um just like the way she like experiences things or notices things about like situations i don't know he's really good at that i think um but so one of mine was also kind of from the beginning and it was like after father flood came and uh they were kind of already had been talking about maybe eilish going to brooklyn and she's and this is like right after he basically brought it up and it's and it's um and then it occurred to her that she was already feeling that she would need to remember this room her sister this scene as though from a distance which was very interesting to me because like it was like she had already kind of accepted oh yeah things are going to be different now so she's like trying to remember already even while yeah. it's happening i thought that was really yeah, interesting exactly what did we learn from this book? We learned don't cheat on your wonderful boyfriend. <laughs> True. You guys. <laughs> oh, my God. If you have a Tony, do not cheat no. on him. If you don't, for whatever reason, you don't want him, just be nice and break up with him respectfully. Do not oh break his heart and betray him. How can what you the cheat heck? on a Tony? I don't understand. I don't know. It seems like so much worse than cheating on like a normal boy, but it's all it's all bad. <laughs> don't cheat. But no, no, no. Don't cheat Tony. on your Tony. Oh my God, yeah. the most perfect man who's ever yeah. lived. Uh, maybe that's what we learned. Tony is objectively the most perfect man that ever lived. So. <laughs> that oh here's what i'll say you know what eilish was really worried when they went to see singing in the rain that he was just gonna want to like make out the whole time but instead he was like into it and like respected her and like they watched the movie and he just put his little arm around her and stuff and i was like you know what sometimes people do just want to watch the movie (laughs) (laughs) they do i also what i really like about tony too is like he definitely wasn't like he totally respected her and her boundaries, but he also was going to shoot his shot. Yes. And I appreciated that about him. I think that's a really good balance. <laughs> Me too. You know, he was really, he really did shoot his shot. He was bold <laughs> enough, but not like overstepping, which I really No, he completely respected her boundaries. Like yes. he let her set her boundaries and it was good. Anyways, um, <laughs> God, what's another, another good lesson? Do not be racist. <laughs> Don't be, come on, guys. I can't believe we're still having this conversation. Just stop it now. I'm serious. Just stop it now. And stop being classist, too, while we're at it. Let's just, let's just stop being immediately prejudiced against anyone for any just random observational reason. How about we just cut that out entirely? (laughs) Wow. That pretentious book club ends prejudice. Oh my god, we're such influencers. Oh my god. That is so funny. Oh yeah, we're we're such influencers. <laughs> I think I have like a whole like 10 followers on my personal TikTok. <laughs> oh, here's one. Um, you know, do what you can for those who are less fortunate than you. Eilish volunteers yeah. twice to help with the uh 
like Christmas dinner Christmas, at the parish yeah. where she like basically yeah. is like helping to feed all these like homeless Irish people which I think yeah even it, when she's invited to Christmas at Tony yeah, she's still like no I'm gonna go do this really admirable of her and I totally agree I think more of us should do what we can to help people who are not as fortunate as us you know that was a good thing about Eilish's character I completely agree. I've heard a lot of people say, um, you either have time or you have money. Like, give one of, of them Ooh, if you can. True. I think that's I think that's less and less true these days with so many people working so many dro- jobs to try and make ends meet. But if you are one of the people, like, be honest with yourself. If you have time or you have money and or, if you've got both, that's fantastic. But, like, give what you can give. It's not about how much you give in, like, a quantifiable sense. It's about how much of yourself you're giving, if that makes sense. So Eilish is definitely admirable for that reason. You know? Yeah. I totally, totally agree. Um, I guess what all that's left is uh, Pinkies Up. Okay. For me, this is a five Pinkies Up book. I love this book. For me, this is a four and a half Pinkies Up. It was going to be a four. And then I got so into it later, like, like a third of the way through the book. It reads like a classic. And so I will warn everybody about that. Because if you are like me and you're like, don't have the quite like the natural intellect for <laughs> classics, because I don't. Um, I said that. It will. <laughs> it'll be harder to get into it. Maybe if I listen to the audiobook. The audiobook also, I probably, is maybe good, you guys. Five. If, you, if you're interested, yeah. you should listen to the audiobook. Yeah. I agree. But even if you're reading it, like, it's, uh, like, a third of the way through, I started to really get into yeah. it. But the characters are so beautiful and so real, and the plot is so interesting. I'm going to give it four and a yeah. half pinkies up. It was really, really, really good. I mean, Tony alone earned, like, <laughs> half of those pinkies. You guys, he is our ultimate bo- book crush right now. Like, he... I would cut off both my pinkies for Tony. <laughs> God, me too. <laughs> Where is my Tony? He'd be like, please don't do that. That's, uh, that's very sweet of you, but let's not do that. <laughs> Tony would be like, whoa, don't do that. <laughs> Tony is basically Mario. He's an Italian plumber. Oh my god, don't say that. No. He's like if Mario like was hot now. and like sweet. No! <laughs> Shut up. We can't do this podcast anymore. Okay, you're right. We're canceled. I'm canceled. I am personally canceling us. Um, oh, I was going to personally oh. cancel Tony's again. He's like, guys, don't, don't, come on, don't cancel. <laughs> I will say this the boy that they got for the movie. He is so good. He really got Tony, I think. He did a great job. I agree. And he's I totally a short agree. king. I love this for him. Yes. I, we love a short we king. Do. We, we do. We love a We short love king. short kings. We love tall kings. We love short queens. We love tall queens. <laughs> this Can we just all just accept that height is the least important thing? <laughs> Come on. We don't discriminate here at that percent. We don't discriminate. <laughs> we are going to defeat all kinds of prejudice. Oh, so true. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, God. Anyway, ends racism. Um, how tall is Saoirse Ronan? Now I have to look it up. I don't know. Anyway. You're... I want to say she's somewhere in the five foot range, but with my main character syndrome, of course, I would say that because uh, I'm in the five foot range. I bet she's five seven. I'm going to say that. Five seven. Okay, I'm thinking she's like five four ish. Well, give okay. or take an inch. Now I have to look up how tall Timothy Chalamet is. Wait. Wait. Now I have to look here? up how tall Sue Sharon. I have to know who's right. Sharon. <laughs> We're looking this up actually. She is the cutest, funniest girl in the whole world. Um, you're correct. She's five she's six. Five, six. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was close. You were close. Yeah. 
She is totally. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Her middle name is Una. Wait, she's so Irish. Ooh. I love this for her. You know what, though? Cersei oh was born in Brooklyn. Isn't that fascinating? That is fascinating. I like that. That's why she got it's- the role. Just kidding. It's because she deserves <laughs> she it. She deserves she's amazing. it. Okay, she's going to be in this movie coming up that's like a murder mystery comedy movie. And she's the comic <gasps> I relief. Can't wait. Can you believe that? Oh, my God. I am no, but so I'm excited. excited. Yes. Okay, we should go That's together. That's really good. To see it. Oh, my God. I'm so down. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, we're going to go fan over oh. Fangirl Over Seer Show. Okay, you guys, drop us a message if you're also going to see the movie, and it will be great. Yeah, we and we do want to hear from you when you have yes, seen it. Yes, we do. So we please do, do, do message us. Okay. Um, also, I have some RPPs, which I have not had for a oh. while, but our red pen points, if you guys are new here, are um, our corrections or clarifications. So uh, last episode, we did Anne of Green Gables, and I said that our friend Catherine had, um, that she went to an Anne of Green Gables convention. I was incorrect. It was the Laura Ingalls Wilder convention. I knew I got something wrong. Um, but everything else I said about the convention stands true. But, uh, but yeah, so that was not, it was not Anna Green Gables. It was Laura Ingle Wilder, Ingalls Wilder. But I feel like that's the same crowd. I feel like <laughs> only in name did I get that wrong. <laughs> You're right. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, should we fit Little House on the Prairie? <gasps> um, I can't believe we haven't added it. Oh my it, God. Actually. We totally should. When I was a kid, we my have mom to. used to read all the books to me. <gasps> Okay, yes, my mom did with us too. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay, you guys, next season we're reading Little House on the Prairie. We're doing it. Oh, wait, the first one is Little House in the Big Woods. Okay, we should read that one. Yes, it is. Yes, I agree. Okay, Okay, great. Yep, I remember that one more than the others, but none of them do I remember super well. I remember some um, of them very specifically and others not at all. So I think it's fine. Same. My other red pen point uh, is I just want to let you guys know I mentioned this before, but I'm going to actually drop the information now because this is the week it's going to be coming out. I got to guest on another podcast called Prince Kai Fan Pod. So if you guys like Marissa Meyer, this is a book club podcast for you guys. They went through the whole series like from Cinder on. They're in the (laughs) book Winter right now. I got to do chapters 49 and 50 with them, and it's coming out this week. So go check out Prince Kai Fan Pod if you want to hear me chat with um, with the host of that podcast, Bethany. She was wonderful, delightful. We had a bunch in common. She was hysterical. Aww. So go check it out. It was a really good yes. time. And I, I, those are my two red pen points, but I wrote them down because I'm really bad about remembering my red pen points. And Catherine, I'm so sorry that I got your story. I was like, what if I take your story and then I completely <laughs> bastardize it? And that's what I did. I'm I very saw sorry. those Instagram messages. No, Catherine's our sweetest, like, listener. I love you, Catherine. She but, is. Um, and I have emails I need to open and read. Catherine, I see them. I just, I want to actually, like, devote actual time and attention <laughs> to them. So I haven't opened them yet. Uh, but it's because they're so valuable to me. I'm cherishing them, I oh, promise. I have red pen point, too. But I don't remember if I've said it before. I don't think I have. Here's my red pen point. In a previous episode, I asserted that the Elvis film Kissin' Cousins was not about kissing your cousins. What I, in fact, learned recently that it is about kissing your literal cousins. So that is another um, That's upsetting. cousin lover. We keep coming back to this. Uh, and I just watched the New Girl episode where Jess accidentally found out that she was dating her cousin. And I was like, why is this everywhere? There's a 30 Rock episode about that, too. Like, okay, what is oh my God. Like, why can we not get what over this in society? What is going on? 
I can't believe I don't know. In like Why can you and I personally not escape from this? I don't. Okay, this it's is insane. our hell. Are we living in hell? Are- oh my god, this is crazy. <laughs> it's it feels like a hell loop because we just keep coming back to cousin <laughs> lovers. <laughs> we really do. We can't escape. Anyways, if you guys enjoyed this insane episode, um, or if you just, you know, if you listen from the skip notes on, maybe you don't think it was that insane. It was probably just our normal amount right. of insane. But if you listen to the whole thing, God bless you and keep you. Um, I'm very grateful to you and to the rest of you as well. <laughs> but we just know how much you put up with. Thank you for putting up with us. Um, and let's just all agree that Tony is wonderful. And if you guys want to chat about Tony and how wonderful and perfect he is as a specimen of a human being and a man, um, you are welcome to do so. Or about any other book, you guys can contact us on social media. We are That Pretentious Book Club. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, you can also email us at contact at storysirenstudio.com. That is our production company and it's our website. So we've got some like really fun, like book club bookish merch on there. If you guys want to like go look for like funny, you know, book t-shirts, notebooks whatever it is um it's a great way to support the pod and also get some cool unique stuff that no one else has um and if you are also looking for a either a a different way to support the pod or b you just want more tpbc content you guys can go to patreon slash story siren studio again and you guys can get bonus episodes you can get all of our video episodes you can get exclusive merch that only our patreon peeps get you can get access to all of the all of our sister podcast stuff that's on there as well the scripturian society so it's great. You guys go check it out. There's multiple tiers so you guys can be as involved or as uninvolved as you want if that's something that you're interested in. And if you guys have book recs for season five, please reach out and let us know. Um, a lot of this season has already consisted of book recs from you guys because you guys are really good at that. So you thank really you guys are. for that. We will see you next episode for Treasure Island. I just looked it up. Oh, Treasure Island. Thank God. I am so excited. I just got so oh my God. excited. Okay. I'm like, this is my. I am like. I have set myself up for excitement from last uh-huh. episode with Anne of Green Gables, basically from last episode, episode 11, to episode <laughs> yes. 16. Pretty much all, all my Ken's books. And I am. Li- I'm so glad. I've never read Treasure episode, Island. So. so that's what we're going to be reading this week and talking about next week. So if you guys want to read along or if you know the story, <gasps> so we will see you guys next week for that. Yep. We're going to talk about Muppet Treasure Island. Don't you even oh. We're going to do it. Yeah, I guess we're going to talk about Muppet Treasure Island. Guys, <laughs> Treasure please. Planet, anyone? Treasure, Treasure Planet? Treasure Planet? Yes, Treasure Planet. Man, I can talk about Treasure Planet. If you guys, okay, either great. of those things appeal to you, show up. We'll be here. Um, we'll probably be a little bit of a shorter episode than this one because this is one of our longer ones, but this no promises. Is deranged. I have to say this was one of our most deranged episodes. Just and remember, that is you can fault. always use the skip notes, you guys. I don't think this has anything on our persuasion episode. <laughs> Okay, our persuasion episode was completely deranged. It was completely I'm sorry deranged. to all persuasion fans. I'm not sorry. It had to, to my happen. friend Mallory. Do you have no like, idea how much we keep it together for you guys? <laughs> <laughs> we really like God. We're insane. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you guys next week. So until then, keep your teacups full, your pinkies high, and your book club pretentious. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>